Yeah, if you got to get it up, you got to get them Nick the Rat Pecker pills, man. Woo! <laughs> I need some. Give me some of them Nick the Rat pills. Come on, man. We'll do it live. I'll do it right here. I'll take that rat. I will bend that fucking rat over, and we will do it live. Everybody loves Nick the Rat. What about that? Huh? I don't think I need those pills anymore. Abs and a six pack. It's Abs and a Six Pack broadcasting live on the No Agenda stream, courtesy of today's guest, Darren O'Neill, host of Random Thoughts, Grumpy Old Ben's, and the No Agenda pre stream rock and roll show every th- both Thursdays of the week. I don't know, how's, how's my radio voice? Is, is my radio voice as good as yours, Darren? You're getting there, but you, I mean, it's really, it all just comes from all of the uh, microphone, techno, you know, technological. Uh, stuff in the stream it helps i mean it can you can get your big bottom going you can get your oral exciter going you can get all the good stuff going so you can excite big everybody bottom and stream. oral exciter sound like the name of two porno movies i know it's the greatest name for any audio gear ever and i'm actually not using it on uh on this rig i should bring it up because i i used to have that on on the rig that's downstairs back in the basement before i start doing everything in the office here I had the uh, Aphex machine. I think it's the Aphex 450 or 405. I'm forgetting. But that was the uh, the two effects, which was uh, Big Bottom and the Oral, A-U-R-A-L, Exciter. And uh, they do the, the magical thing that nobody can quite put their finger on. Because the Big Bottom gives you that big low end without over-accentuating it to where it sounds like somebody just turned the bass way up. And the Oral Exciter on the other side of that kind of gives it an airy sound so you don't sound like you're so closed in and it's a magical device but of course they're not uh, they're not cheap but you can get them now in plugins and all that crap so we we fake everything now with computers fake it till you make it right okay let me try it let me try it uh let me redo that take two radio voice <laughs> hey it's wednesday november 18th 2020 it's abs in a six-pack episode 46 we're joined by Darren O'Neill. So, Darren, what made you want to get into podcasting? Well, I mean, it's all Nick the Rat. Everybody loves Nick the Rat. I mean, it just depends how much you love Nick the Rat. Uh, is, uh, is that's where reporting to murder on yeah. abs, six abs, and a in a pack. Yeah, it all depends how much you love Nick the Rat, whether you need those pills or not. But the, uh, I mean, the podcasting was just natural and been going on for. I mean, I, I went back and looked, and I was doing shows with a buddy of mine back before no agenda even started of course nobody was listening so this is where podcasting was at its infancy and even though you know i really thought it was a cool idea doing show after show after show and i mean we did the out of the first podcast which we was called all this which started out as and i know this isn't a surprise everybody it started out as a tech show and then turn political. I mean, I don't know exactly why that happened. But there's another uh, show I can think of that kind of went the same route. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is the grumpy old Ben's kind of following <laughs> the same kind of a path. But you know, at back at that time, you could do twenty, thirty, fifty shows and be like, oh wow, thirteen people are downloading it each week. <laughs> you know, it became uh, um, a lot of work for 
very little payoff. So we were just a little bit early on that. It is a it is a very cool and uh, humbling thing that people are listening to the shows that I put out. People are showing up here on the No Agenda stream where we're doing this live, as you said, that people show up to listen live and are in the troll room where they can, uh, you know, fact check you real time. They can tell you that they like what you're saying or that you're a moron. And it's all very much appreciated because getting that interaction, I mean, right now, it's easily we're getting more people showing up live than we're you know, downloading the episodes years and years and years ago. So it's a, it's a cool thing. Yeah, I usually, uh, we usually stream live on Twitch and I just usually get people in my chat telling me that viruses are fake and they don't exist. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, Which, it is, if it's... you listen to uh, Higher Side Chats, Greg Carlwood was on Grimerica not too long ago and he laid out a good argument for that, but I'm not smart enough to know if he's right. Well, it's it's the Dimension A and Dimension B thing, which I just did a Random Thoughts Haven't Popped It Yet because, uh, you know, we're doing this show. So I recorded that, and now we're doing this. So if my voice is a little shot, that's why. But it was all on the Dimension A and Dimension B and some stuff that Obama said. And when it comes to the virus, it's the same thing, you know, going down those lines where, you know, some people think it's just not even, the virus doesn't even exist. Bemro says it all the time, and Grumpy Old Ben's, and it just makes me cringe because it's like, no, the virus exists. Now, I believe it's completely overblown, but it's actually a thing. And uh, there are people that, you know, we've known that gotten sick with it. There are, you know, my parents had a friend who died of it. I mean, again, if you're believing that what the hospital tells you they died of, but, uh, right, you know, it's I, I don't have any doubt that the virus exists, but I do believe that, you know, if you want to go down the conspiracy route, then I do believe it's possible that this virus was put into the wild in order to create what they needed to for governments around the world to, of course, grab all the control they could, put their people in their cages and tell them, shut up, slave, put on your mask, and we'll save you by taking away all of your freedoms. I do believe that that's not beyond the scope of possibility. Right. And, and of all the viruses that have been created in a lab, this one is clearly the least deadly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. Because it was going to be millions of people were going to die. And it's like, well, no, they didn't. And I understand it's horrible. If you believe the death count in the United States, and we can go on that assumption for a minute, I think it's a little bit inflated. But if you believe the quarter of a million people died, it's like, well, do you know how many people die yearly normally? And most people have no idea. I mean, they're like, oh my God, 250,000 people died. It's like, well, you know, like, I think it's like 3 million people die every year in the United States, if I'm remembering my facts correctly. If not, troll rooms there to you know, to fix that. But I think that, you know, on an average year, like 3 million people in the United States die. And then, you know, still millions like are one, born. One fourth as many as die from cigarettes every year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a thing and we should be concerned about it, but you should also be concerned about, uh, you know, cancer. Definitely. You should be concerned with heart disease. I mean, two things that my mom lived, you know, 80 years without having any problems with this year needed both bypass and cancer surgery. So, I mean, those things, are also out there. They're also killing people, but nobody's talking about that anymore. Nobody's talking about what happens to people psychologically when they're stuck in their basements for weeks, months, years. Who knows how long this is going to go on? Then there was an article like, well, the psychological effects of having COVID-19, but then they admit they're like, all these people that are having psychological problems after COVID-19, we don't really know if this is because of something that physically happened by having this virus or just the mental strain of it all. And the mental strain 
is mainly because of what you read in the news here and all this other stuff. That's my favorite strain of weed is the mental strain. Yeah. Uh, does it work? Does it, uh, does it make people I did, smarter? I did when I, uh, the opposite probably. I did yeah. when I called in to the Grumpy Old Ben's post show a couple weeks ago, I did promise the ISO to uh, Sir Bimrose. So, uh, I will bend that fucking rat over. That's it. That's, yeah. That's it. There you go, Bimrose. But uh, I do have some housekeeping to do. Um, are you in like a French I, maid outfit right now and dusting or what? <laughs> yes. A busty maid outfit is what I'm wearing. I, nice. No, uh, you had Void on. You had Void on on Monday, the great Void Zero. And yes. you called me out, and I just have to debunk some things, and uh, we'll go. From- I mean, if you, want to do, if you want to do zero work and just press record and walk out of the room for two hours and come back and go, thanks, guys. Thanks for being That's, on the show. Isn't that the Sir Seat Sitter model? Yeah. That happened oh. one time. <laughs> but it was a great show. That happened one <laughs> fucking time. It's but, podcasting. Uh, Once is yeah. enough. I was, I, yeah, I was hammered for that. But anyways, yeah, so <laughs> that aside, I, I, I'm okay with that. Like forever, that'll be what I'm known for is that one episode that I was barely <laughs> on. But, you know, that's okay. Isn't that the Sir Seat Sitter model? Yes. So, uh, like you said. And, and he's had some very successful shows doing that. Yes. Like, let's get let's get Nick and Darren and Larry and, and just throw America. them all in a show together. Yeah. And then you have to do nothing. It, it is kind of like uh, podcasting 101. It's a system it, that works. I mean, there was some hard drinking that wasn't going to do itself. <laughs> that part's true. <laughs> it's right. And, uh, you know, that is abs in a six pack as uh, as is that's their overall uh, M.O. I've never talked to either of the other two guys he does the show with. I know he says there's three of them. I think it's just him and he's yeah. hearing voices. That part's also true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, okay. So that's, that's what I need to address because we start, and I, I, uh, that, that gave me the inspiration to go back and cause, uh, this is episode 46, probably 20 of the episodes had all three of us on together, something like that. And so now I need to just go back and repost all those old episodes so that people know that it's not just, it's not just me, but, that being said, I can now announce it basically is going to be just me because one of my co-hosts is having had some unforeseen health problems as well as he's got kids. My other guy lives in North Carolina. He's go he's going to school and working multiple jobs. So the scheduling has been an issue lately. And so they'll be back off and on theoretically. But uh, yeah, so now that that's out of the way, I do have some proof that they exist from the last episode we were on <laughs> together just to settle down the conspiracy theories. But but let's be honest, you are the star out of all three of them. There's no question. Well, that's just because I'm the one that does it the most and put all the money in, <laughs> let's be honest. Cash talks. Yeah. Free money. Yeah, Skull and Bones. Oh, Skull and Bones. Yeah. I, almost, I almost forgot what the intro was for a minute. <laughs> that chicken's distracting you. I think that's the weed, man. <laughs> Allegedly. Politically. Allegedly. Politically. Politically. Not was it a live chicken? Wait, politically? Uh, there's no telling with Noah. I mean, it could have been. <laughs> who knows? That, well, yeah. It's kind of. Like, it was a line in uh, the show Silicon Valley, which for the one whole episode, the guy that was the leader of Hooli, which is kind of like the fictional Google, uh, before he was leaving to go on his little meditation thing, before as they were getting ready for this big, this. that big launch. Right? It's like anything yeah. we should, uh, anything we should take care of while you're gone. And he's like, the bear is sticky with honey. 
And they went like days trying to figure out what he meant by that. You know, then he comes back and they actually had a real bear, you know, and they were ready to go on stage with him. And he goes to get some tea and he's like, this thing's still sticky. You know, it's one of those honey things. The bear looks like a bear filled with honey. And he's like, I thought I told you to take care of this. And everybody's like, oh, you know, to me, that was kind of what I thought of when I heard, you know, about that chicken distracting somebody. It's like, huh. Wonder. But you at least now hear their voices so you know they're real. I'm not playing. I, I mean, unless it, it would take some serious editing for me to not only impersonate two other people, but edit it together into a conversation. But you would so, do it. Yeah, I would. <laughs> but yeah, no, this also the rest of this clip might explain why uh, I'm having a hard time getting them to show up as well. Wait, politically? Politically <laughs> and non-violently. Non <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'll go with uh, it. Oh, but hang on. Before, uh, before we uh, do that. Uh, I think Caleb, you and I already discussed this, but not on an episode. We uh, oh, yeah. are no longer abs in a six pack. We are not. We are now ABS in a six pack. ABS in a six pack. ABS in a six pack. Uh, for now, we currently operate on the value for value. Oh, value for V for N model. What is that? Value for nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I got it. No ads, no paywalls, and we don't accept donations. <laughs> and but we don't maybe, accept donations. But maybe one keep day we will. Filthy money. Maybe but for now, day. keep your damn keep money. It. I don't want it. So yeah, that also we, it, that also might but not have been a factor. Well, it's see, hard we're to, smart. Though. It's hard to I mean, get you, co-hosts to show up when you're not paying them. Oh yeah, well, see, but you got them to do the work, and now that you're at the point where people might start donating, you get rid of them, and you keep all the sweet, sweet cash. Well, I still haven't set up a donation page, but you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Still value for nothing, baby. Value for uh, no. Oh, that's podcasting in general, isn't it? Yeah. I, I always lose co-hosts. Co -host. They always uh, vanish. Hey, well, well, co-hosts are rough, Nick. They're rough to, you know, having a schedule with co-hosts is probably the toughest thing. And as much crap as I enjoy giving Ryan Bembrose, co-host of mine on Grumpy Old Ben's, uh, he shows up every episode when he's supposed to be there. And we don't, uh, you know, besides every now and then, I mean, I had an issue with my mom's health. I had an issue with sick one day. But otherwise, I mean, we're there. We do the show. And this isn't like, oh, let's blow it off this week. We can skip this one. And that's a big part of it, finding somebody that will actually show up. And it doesn't have to be at the same time every week. I mean, we like to do that just because of the live factor. Most podcasts that aren't broadcasting live, it's just a question of finding somebody that, hey, every week. I need at least two hours of your time, and if they can't give that to you, then, yeah, it's not going to work out. But uh, it's rough. Right. It's rough finding somebody that'll show up. Yeah, it, I mean, it was working for a while, but then, you know, with uh, my buddies who, I, I mean, I've known them, both of them, for probably 12, 13 years now. So, you know, guys in their mid-20s with multiple, like, one of them has kids, the other one's going to school and working, and it's just, uh, yeah, it, it became too much to... Uh, so now I have to... Since ABS and Abs in a Six Pack was our last names, now I got to figure out um, what what the B and the S is for. Bullshit. <laughs> it seems like a good time, a good way to switch that around. But yeah. But anyway, I mean, you, could, you can always reinvent yourself. That's the beauty of podcasts. You can change the name. You can go in a different direction. Uh, changing the name just sounds like too much work. But the name, I didn't think it through. You you gave me two good words of wisdom the first time you were on Abs in a Six Pack with Larry, and one was. Wow, you picked a name that's even harder to find than mine. Right. And this and the second, which I hadn't really thought about. And then the second one was co-host can do nothing but drag you down. 
And I didn't realize how real that was at the time. But, you know, 30, 40 episodes later, now I'm like, ah, yeah. It's true. It's true. And I can't I can't pin any of that on Bemrose, which is which is the thing that it rarely works. No agenda. It works. Adam and John both show up. They're professionals at doing it. It's easy to do that. Well, that's their actual job. Right. right. That's what I say. It's easy to do that once you're making money and it's a full time job. Right. And, uh, you know, it's harder when you're just starting out. And I mean, podcasting to everybody that decides they want to do a podcast episode one is always really fun it's always really exciting you know episode you know the first few episodes are usually like that unless you're the one doing the audio editing and you're actually (laughs) doing editing you know which is what i did with the first bunch of episodes of grumpy old ben's which was go through and cut out the you know big breaths and the ums and the doubled you know stuttering and if you listen to those early episodes they sound way more polished because they were I mean, I even had with the the fact that we had multi-track recording, I would move when we would talk over each other on the live stream. I would boost that. I would move it so we weren't talking over each other. Sounds like a lot of work. It was. And it's like, is it worth it? That's the one thing that I will agree because of the fact that people are very used to listening to talk radio for decades and people do talk over each other. If the shows, I mean, I kind of put a time limit on it, which is, you know, if you're doing like a 20 to 30 minute show, then you could probably put the time in to make it perfect. Once you're doing anything longer than a half hour, especially when you're getting 90 minutes, two hours, three hours, trying to go through and make it perfect is not really necessary. You just need to try to make your audio sound as good as you possibly can right up front and then maybe run a few filters and call it a day. Right. Yeah, back when it was the three of us uh, with no guests, uh, especially early on, I was putting a lot of work into those episodes. So some of them might be irrelevant now based on how fast the news cycle moves, but some of them are probably worth going back and checking out because that that was when I was... Now I'm pretty close to just being live to tape, but back then I was putting a lot of work in, uh, not even mostly in post except for getting volume levels right, but just like doing lots of clips, lots of research. But um, actually, I, I just uh, I just had, let me vamp, vamp or vamp for me for a second, because I have an idea. Have you read, have you read the uh, No Agenda subreddit backslash in the morning recently? No, no, I, I avoid Reddit usually like the plague. Oh my God. Okay, so I had, I was looking at it and I had this idea, give me, uh, It'll take me a second to maybe see if I can do this on the fly because I was going to do it as like a no agenda mix at the end of one of their shows. But maybe yeah, I you do get it on the fly. Do, I was thinking like nice re- mixes. <laughs> I was thinking of reading, doing cold reads of some of the in the morning Reddit posts because they're pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm guessing some of them are just a little bit toxic. Oh, it's Adam and John are Nazis. It's like there's <laughs> there's thousands of people on the on the in the morning subreddit, and most of them hate no agenda. So let me. Well, of of course, because the internet is filled with hate now. That is what it has become. It's become in fashion to hate something. It's not enough to just not like something, which I've never understood when it comes to music. When you know people are want to go out of their way to review an album or something like oh taylor swift oh, her type of music just sucks it's like well then listen to something else you don't have to be negative about music because nobody's forcing you to listen 
to any type of music you don't want to listen to. I mean, okay, again, if you maybe if you work retail and you have to hear the songs over and over again, I can understand where that might cause a murderous rage, but people <laughs> seem to enjoy finding things to bitch about that it's like, well, that just go do something else. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm ready. I think I can do this on the fly, cold read. Okay, so if you Google, one of the first ones that comes up, if you just Google in the morning Reddit, this is like the first post that Google thinks you, sh you would want to read. So uh, here we go, cold read. <clears throat> and now for a... <clears throat> take two. Uh, take two, take two. <clears throat> Come on. And now for a reading from the No Agenda subreddit. Sad to be saying farewell to No Agenda. For many years, I looked forward to listening to No Agenda more than any other podcast. Every show brought me laughs, made me think about things from different angles, and also brought in enough crackpot in the second half of show to make it very interesting. I turned numerous people onto the show in the early days. Unfortunately, over the past year, the show has become more and more of an alt-right circle jerk. I respect <laughs> Adam a great deal and realize he has always leaned a little towards the right, mainly from a libertarian perspective, but in the past, JCD was able to balance this out enough to bring a level of reasonableness to the show. Recently, however, Adam just seems to be highly agitated when talking about anything Hillary, and even criticisms of Trump seem to be laughed, as, laugh, <laughs> laughed off as, oh, he's just been Trump. The show is basically 30 minutes of anti-Hillary talk, followed by 20 minutes of pro-Trump clips. Uh, this, this, by the way, <laughs> this, by the way, goes on for another like ten paragraphs. So that's that's that post. Let's let's see if we can get another one. You are listening to Disaster Peace Theater on the No Agenda Stream. <laughs> this is I this I want this to be a new segment. Just reading like retards on the No Agenda subreddit. Yeah, and that's the name that came from Blitz too. I totally stole that from the troll room. Disaster Peace Theater. Disaster. Here's a good one. You'll like this one, Darren. Is it just me? Or has the No Agenda artwork been very subpar lately? Yes. They used to be interesting, but now they all look the same. <laughs> That's uh, because I won them all. <laughs> That's a, why. Here's, here's another. Yeah, okay. Last one. Last one. Oh, I lost it. Ah, here we go. No agenda has been essentially two angry old white guys on a park bench bitching about women, minorities, and younger generations. Now it's official. Stop listening. <laughs> and this is not like an anomalies. Like there's, this is like a majority of the people on the subreddit. And it's like every now and again, there'll be somebody like logically thinking like, why are you guys on this subreddit if you hate the fucking show? <laughs> well, right. Well, one, it's well, it's why is anybody on social media? It's trying to belittle a show that they don't agree with. That's spewing a you know concept that they don't agree with. A whole you know again, this is where the dimension A and dimension B comes from, and it's worrisome. And I'm not just saying this because I am an old white guy, but the reality of the situation is generations that are successful have at least taken some kind of wisdom from the generation that came before. That's what parents are supposed to instill 
into their children and the grandparents, you know, on down the line is, hey, hey, this is what happened to us. So use what happened to us to make sure your lives are better. And this whole concept that you just ignore all the old white folk is very troublesome when, I mean, not just white folk, old and the young folk. white folk. And, I mean, I'm a straight white male too. Yeah, I mean, but it's it comes down to the same thing with, you know, it's not just a white or black thing either. It's like, listen to the people that came before and not just totally ignore them and be like, well, we're the millennials and we know better. It's like, fuck <laughs> you, you don't know dick. You don't what know what do? you're doing. I mean, this hate speech stuff has got to stop and it's getting worse. It's getting worse. The guy, I'm not remembering his name, but the guy that'll, uh, Biden, is putting in charge of like his media kind of thing. He was one of them that was saying we need hate speech laws. It's going to get bad, people. It's going to get very bad. I mean, yeah, it, any, that's what I talk to people and they're like, well, yeah, people in Europe and, you know, Asia and Australia and Canada, they can get arrested for their speech and saying offensive things, but that would never happen here. That's like, uh-huh. yeah, just wait. <laughs> just it's, wait. It's, well, it's getting, it's not at the point where you can get arrested yet. But my God, if you come out and say, oh, I believe marriage is only between a man and a woman, well, you're going to get canceled. You may get fired from your job. You may get beaten by a leftist Antifa mob if they find you because that's what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you thought that last segment was bad, just wait. No. <laughs> okay. It's like, okay. It's the concept of your podcast. Let's see if each segment could be worse than the last one. I'm trying to figure out, is there a template here? What are we doing? Well, okay. Well, let's we, let's uh, let's shelf that one for a second because I really didn't want to do this upcoming segment, but man, I just can't help it anymore because it's gotten to me too much. But let's let's shelf that. Here's a palate cleanser. This is Ron Paul in 1988, owning a British guy. The income tax is unnecessary again. Something happened in the 20th century where the American people decided that there would be... The 16th a, Amendment happened, yeah. Something happened where we have changed our attitude about what we want from our government. We've ushered in this uh, overwhelming runaway welfare state that we cannot afford. And we've also became an American empire where we have troops around the world and we pay for the defense of Japan and Germany and everybody else. But at the same time, you had to have two ways of financing this. One, one we decided we'd have an income tax that we would uh, start subtly and, and small that would escalate to the point that it really uh, is the biggest ripoff in the country, along with a Federal Reserve system that allows us to monetize that happened 65 years ago. Well, I know, but since 65 years, we have seen the deterioration of this society that we love. I mean, uh, the libertarian society is no longer with us because of these ideas. Yeah, but but, uh, in 1922, the top tax was 70%. Right now, it's 28%. So how, how can you say that we're... We have, we have gone down a slippery slope where we're getting worse and worse. Because the amount of tax coming out of the economy is still much greater. The amount of tax that government takes is uh, over 40%. You know, when the founding fathers got sick and tired of the British tax and they had a tax of about 25%, the American people are rather complacent to put up with this. But more yeah, important... Yeah. Before you run away with that figure, let's remind our audience that in the first place it's not 40%, it's 39 And in <laughs> the second place, 16 of it is by the individual states and localities. The, the federal tax is, uh, is too high, but it's, it's under 23 What did the indentured serf, uh, what was he required to pay his master? 25%. 
And uh, so we are a bit, uh, we have enslaved ourselves. Not only do, are we enslaved through the tax system, but we're enslaved because we keep all the records. If we don't keep the right records, can you imagine this tax simplification bill that just came out? And if we don't learn those forms and do it right, we have a gun pointed at our head by the IRS and say, you're going to be put in prison if you don't learn to fill out those forms. I love Ron Paul, man. Yeah, when you said he owned a British guy, I thought slavery was illegal. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I got one more clip from this. Seg- I call this segment, it's a new segment. It's called Inbred British People Getting Owned. You are listening to the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, Sky News. This is from, I think, this week, actually. There's another inbred British guy getting owned on Sky News. So, Joe Biden, you've just told me, you've just told me Joe Biden is not the winner. So you are arguing it. Don't say you're not arguing it. You are. He is, darling, I told you that he is not the president-elect of the United States, which he is not. He has not been certified by each state secretary of state and the electoral college has not met yet. So if you want to be a proper Brit and be technical, those are the technicalities. You know, everyone... Okay, he is is recognized, he is recognized as the president-elect. Uh, by Republican president, former Republican president, no, and by former Republican president George W. Bush, uh, by uh, admittedly Democratic president Bill Clinton, by four U.S. uh, Republican senators, and by Democratic senators. Look, it's not a question. I know technically he hasn't been sworn in yet and the Electoral College hasn't met. We all know that. But we also know that any previous candidate other than Donald Trump would have admitted that he'd lost and conceded by now. So I guess what you're telling me is that the mainstream media... Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Freaking Al Gore, dude. ...that he'd Uh lost and conceded by now. So I guess what you're telling the viewer is that the mainstream media and big tech like Google, Facebook, and Twitter control the narrative and tell us what to think. I tell everyone at home, please watch the show Black Mirror because you're watching it right now. The media is gaslighting you. Think for yourselves and just let the democratic right. process play out. No one is saying that Joe Biden and, isn't going to ultimately... And what, and what, what, you're, what you're doing is encouraging people to indulge in baseless conspiracy theories. <laughs> and I put it to you again as someone, an attorney at law, uh, I find that an extremely uh, regrettable thing for you to be doing. Well, I hope you are never charged with a crime because if so, you would be convicted and guilty because no due process is entitled to anyone. Now, is it? Yeah. Baseless. Do you listen Baseless. to yourself ever and think, does anyone really believe what I'm saying? So now we're going to insult me for my opinion. No, I'm, ju- I, I, I'm just asking you. No, I, I'm I, just I, asking I, you. You're, you're making a case. I'm extremely uh, you've proud made of a, my You've work. made a series of statements of which, have not, had, which have not had backing. And I spent three years in law school and I passed the bar exam and I did so meritoriously and in good faith and I'm in good standing. So I think you should have some deference and respect for a lady. Oh, got, there she oh. pulls the gender card. Yeah, but she she had the right to in that case. Yeah, well, this is the problem with the media overall looking at this 2020 election and being like, no, there's there's absolutely no signs of voter fraud. And it's like, well, then you ain't looking because I'm not saying that all of the I mean, it's very possible that all of the signs of voter fraud are bullshit. It's possible, but maybe we should investigate them. It's also possible, and nobody's bringing this up on the left, which makes me think they know they cheated because if I were uh, on that side, and I hate to be giving them ideas, but I would be out there going, well, Trump knew he was going to lose, 
So he was the one that did the voter fraud so he could then pull this and get the votes all thrown out so it'll go to the House, and if it goes to the House, he wins. None of them have said that. None of them even tried to go in that direction, which means I think that the uh, the Democrats know the shenanigans that happen, and they're scared. They are scared. That's why they are pushing this. Biden's president-elect. Brian, if you don't believe it, oh, my God, you're just doing it to serve. No, let the process go. And if you don't want to let the process go, that, to me, makes them seem really guilty because if you're not guilty and you're sure uh crazy uncle joe won then you go well we're fine with letting the system play out joe is going to be the president-elect we're fine with letting it play out they're not saying that they're like oh my god how dare you even insinuate well what are you afraid of it's baseless it's like after 9-11 when george bush was like we must not allow people to engage in baseless conspiracy theories yeah, what but. is who decides what's baseless? That's what I did my whole show on random thoughts today, which is who gets to decide then randomthoughts.com. Yeah, R A N D U M B thoughts because I have to spell it in every show twice because everybody just hears random and go oh, random, I know how to spell that, but no. <laughs> but that is, I mean, who gets to be the arbiters of truth when it comes down to a having a media which we do now whether we like it or not in both social media and mainstream media? where you can't believe what you see or hear. We know the technology exists to fake audio, to fake video, and all of this is out in the open. So once you know that you can't believe anything you see or hear, how do you decide what's truthful and what's not? And I'm not really sure how you do that. Yeah. Well, have you seen the, uh, I don't know how far you've been keeping up with Dominion, but did you see all the What's the latest count on the amount of Dominion employees that have deleted their LinkedIn profiles? It's like, oh, they're not suspicious. No, they're uh, they're all pulling the uh, they're circling the wagons and disappearing from social media. But it's like, no, no, there's nothing to see here. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Okay, so now this is man. I hate to do I hate to do this because it's a podcast that I listen to. Not religiously, but very often back in the day, back around the time I was listening to Grimerica mainly, uh, probably five years ago or more. <sighs> it's a podcast that's on the No Agenda stream, but I just have I've just, I've been holding this off for too long, and I have a bone to pick. You probably know which one I'm talking about. No, what what are we going to? It's the one that's. Let me give you an impression of it. Me 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 me. Oh, Jennifer Briney. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so <laughs> and I like Brownie Voodoo, but this this there's just been one too many episodes where I'm like, okay. So let me just play some clips because I need to deconstruct this because it's been fucking bugging me. But their overall preference is that we not have much of a government at all. Oh no. And that the government provide us few to no services. The Tea Party people are the most faithful in the religion of the free market which is a slogan posing as an economic theory. It's one that falls apart very quickly when applied to the real world, but which way too many of our lawmakers are disciples. The only thing that has changed since the CARES Act is that Mark Meadows has been introduced into the mix. A lot of people in Congress seem to hate Mark Meadows, and Nancy Pelosi is certainly one of them. I mean, this guy, Meadows, was such a dick that he was one of the ringleaders in the effort to overthrow John Boehner as Speaker of the House. John Boehner, who was a Republican Speaker of the House. 
John Boehner, the guy that cried on almost a weekly basis on C-SPAN. That pussy. Oh, we got, you can't, you can't attack John Boehner. Yeah, I mean, I just, when, when I hear Briny, I, I just, I just hear a dog yipping. That's all. I mean, it's, I, it's I, the delivery. It's I'm, not, I mean, it really is. I can't even say she, it's what she says. It's how she says it that is just grating to me. And that may just be me. It may just be a bias. I was a big thing. fan of hers for a while, so I don't want to disparage her too much. But the TDS has really taken a hold of her in a way that is, has kind of blown my mind. And yeah, she still has a, like, I didn't. Like no no shade where shade isn't due. She has a lot of really good information and does a lot of really good research on her show. But it's when she veers off from the stuff she can prove. And by the way, you could easily do this with my show as well. So I'm not acting holier than thou because I'm hypocritical and contradict myself all the time too. But it's I it, well anyway. I'll continue with this. Mark Meadows led a mutiny against the speaker of his own party because John Boehner wasn't destroying the government quickly enough. Oh. It's just like, I'm going to spend, I'm going to make a whole show based around exposing corruption in Congress and then say that the government should be preserved, protected, and not destroyed. Well, and you're, I bet you she down, pointed I out, say. yeah, just on one, uh, on one side. I mean, if you're going to expose the issues let's expose all of them and uh well she know, does the, do that she does expose the democrats i'll give her that you know the, I, when i had to just when i had to tune her out when this whole the covid thing and she's like well you have to pay for me and all of my friends because we're not working so the government has to pay all of our salaries and it's like that's yeah. not gonna happen that's not feasible and she knows modern that. monetary theory these uh these millennials love it yeah it's like you i'm just, a freaking millennial yeah, on the lower, about, younger side of it, but, but you, yeah, I mean, try to get that math to work. This is why math is important, folks. And let's be understanding: the uh, you know, Trump didn't do any better, Obama didn't do any better. All of these presidents have been spending more than their predecessors and racking the debt up, and nobody cares. And if you do that at home, folks, you go to jail because you become completely broke, destitute. They take everything you have, but when the government does it, they just tax us more. Yeah. And well, I'll finish up this clip before I make some more commentary. And so can you imagine how he must have behaved when Nancy Pelosi took charge? And now they're in the back room discussing all of this COVID relief together. And so while the focus on the whole where's the COVID relief debacle has been on Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and Trump and Mnuchin, the Meadows factor, the fact that an anti-government Tea Party wackadoodle is in the room negotiating the terms of a government response on behalf of the White House, that's a dynamic that should be talked about much more than it is. And it does go to explain a lot of the problems that we're going to discuss today. I mean, so I'm sure she anyway. calls out AOC as a wackadoodle and Alan Omar and all those, right? Uh, she, okay, she... I don't want to disparage her where it's not due because she does call out the left in a lot of for a lot of their hypocrisy. But it's she it's I think it's one of those dimension A, dimension B things, man. Like she's hard in dimension B is when it comes to COVID, when it comes to Trump. Like hey, well, let me yeah, let me continue. We'll uh <laughs> I think at this point we're all a little numb to the Trump show. I know I am. Like yesterday, he was publicly pressuring the attorney general to arrest members of the Obama administration for, I don't even know. <laughs> oh, she doesn't even know. 
Hey, uh-huh. maybe Bryony, she should Maybe know it was the reason that the Obama it. administration illegally wiretapped Trump, his campaign, and his family before he was president, while he was president elect. And yeah, it's just like, ugh. yeah, she doesn't even know. know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bullshit. <laughs> maybe she literally genuinely doesn't know. I think that's what it is. She does selective research. And the research she does do where she gets her, you know, dots in a row, that that's good research. But then she'll talk out her ass. And I'm like I said, I do the same thing, but I still am allowed to bitch about it when other people do it. And you can bitch about me when I do it. Members of the Obama administration for, I don't even know. I don't even know. But that's the thing. There's so much Trump nonsense that I can't even bring myself to care anymore. But this reminded me of his nuclear posture review. That document was terrifying. And if you can handle it in episode 168 called Nuclear Desperation, I broke it down for you. But back in the beginning of the Trump years, Trump didn't seem to understand his power. But now he does, and he's abusing it to the point of using violence against American citizens in front of the White House to clear a path for him to do a weird photo op. (laughs) And that was a real turning point for me. He really has a disregard for human life. And his nuclear oh posture my God, review. You crazy bitch! It's 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 oh, it gets better, man. It gets. I mean, better. but you know, but she nuclear... wants to come out on the party that is let's all kill babies, and but whoa, Trump doesn't have any respect for human life. Bullshit. The, my, wait, hang on. My favorite, my favorite part is coming up. And that was a real turning point for me. He really has a disregard for human life, and his nuclear posture review had us investing big time in more nuclear weapons. And his dingleberry requests were buildup requests for nuclear war. Donald Trump (laughs) is a scary dude to have in power. And I know that Joe Biden is a warmonger. I know that. I know he was one of the key players in the regime change in Ukraine. And I know he voted yes on the Iraq war. Biden does scare me. I'm sorry, did Trump start any new wars or vote to start any new wars? No. Isn't he trying to bring our troops home? Yes. But, but no, because he's nuclear orange. football is scary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is just the moronic stuff that comes out of the left. That you go, I just can't even have a conversation with you because <laughs> you're nuts. <laughs> it keeps getting better, too. This is fun. But Donald Trump scares me more. A lot more because his decision making is so spontaneous and erratic and uninformed. And the bottom line is I just want this guy out of power. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Uh, okay. By so. any means necessary. Let's add that in, which is yeah. why I'm sure <laughs> Jen doesn't see any improprieties in any of the voting going on, and including in Michigan. Did you see that story yesterday where uh, two of the people that are uh, responsible for certifying the vote in Michigan in the uh, county where Detroit is, I think uh, they had a problem with the fact that there were more votes counted then there were people that had registered to vote. And they said, um, wow, we have a real problem with this. We're not certifying. Based upon this, a bunch of people on the internet, of course, came out and called them racist and been like, oh, you're just trying to suppress the black vote. And they caved. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the black vote, you fucking morons. This is about the fact that there were more votes counted than people who had registered to vote. I know math is hard, but even the biggest fucking morons should be able to understand the concept of that. More people, there's more ballots than people. Huh. Yeah, Trump tweeted that today. It was like, it, or yesterday, maybe, last night. It's really simple. They were like, what, uh, something about Michigan. He's like, the rules are simple. You can't have more ballots or more votes than there are people. You, like, you would 
That would be and hard the, to do. You know, the fact check was like, this claim is disputed. Yes. Implying <laughs> that actually you can have more votes than people. Yes. And I talked about that in today's random thoughts as well. The fact that the Twitter, and I know Facebook's doing it to a little bit of a lesser degree. The fact that these social medias are putting tags on things saying, oh, this is disputed, is making things worse. <laughs> well, it just, I know people that like hate Trump and voted for Biden and the way that the fact checking on social media is like you're not allowed to even suggest that there might have been fraud. It's right. Making people that are Biden supporters that I know go, this is kind of fucking weird. Yes. It's like this is we all understand there is always some fraud. It's a question of how much. No, and there's the never fact fraud. That, uh, the, right. Somebody pushing that point of view, you're like, well, now I know you're lying. And the question is, why? What are you covering up? Oh. Gotta lay off the weed. Adam Curry. Okay, uh, I got I got two more brownie clips, and then we can move on to the good meat and potatoes, as Alex Jones would say. <laughs> President okay, Trump if, caught if himself. The rest is meat Sorry. and potatoes, though. What is brining? Uh, collard greens. <laughs> all right. I like collard greens. I just don't like them all the time. You know, you well, they have to be made well. Yeah. yeah. President Trump caught himself the COVID. And there was a request on Patreon for my reaction to this news. And it <laughs> so, okay. I wait. just imagine like Brownie's Patreon subscribers going like, can we please get your reaction to Trump catching COVID? Yeah. And we were really, we're holding our breath waiting for that. <laughs> Patreon I mean, for know. my reaction to this so, news. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we all know they all celebrated. Oh, yay. Trump's got COVID. Let's see. Can we use the uh, 25th Amendment? What can we, how can we get him out now? It's like, no, it's a virus. He's not insane. <laughs> oh, Joe yeah. Biden is, though, but... Well, uh, that was the talking point. What if, what if the drugs... Well, actually, Brian even says it here. That was the talking point on, like, CNN. It's like, the drugs he's on for COVID are going to make him insane. And from what my if- reaction to this news, and it went a little something like this. I saw the tweet four minutes after he tweeted it because I am a doom scroller. <laughs> so, yes, I was on Twitter at almost 10 p.m. on a Thursday night. And when I saw it, my reaction was, out loud to Joe... Oh, sh- bitch got COVID. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Uh, taking glee in somebody getting a disease. That is such a delight of the left. And I well, people see, want no, to say it's, it's you, this- That's not fair, Darren, because the reason she doesn't like Trump is because he has a disregard for human life. Oh, so right. that makes it okay for her to have a disregard for his life. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's, uh, yeah. what's that? It's the, uh, the Dutchism that Adam Curry on the No Agenda show, he says, like, what you accuse me of, you are guilty of yourself. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Um, to cup to help with the bill. That's how yes, it right. sounds much better in Dutch, too, I can say. I, I don't know <laughs> what it is, but it sounds way better in Dutch. Okay, last brownie clip. And this one's long, but there's a lot to deconstruct in this one. Bitch got COVID. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. And Joe knew exactly which bitch I was talking about. Because, like, maybe he should have worn a mask, like Fauci said. Or, you know, refrain from hosting dozens of possible super spreader rallies just to... Super spreader! Some people might suggest Jen Briney is a... Nah, I won't even go there. No, don't go there. Or, you know, refrain from hosting (laughs) dozens of possible super spreader rallies just to jerk off his own ego. Or maybe he oh, should wait, have instituted no, okay. a now, testing. If she's going to say jerk off his own ego, I, I'm going to use the Jen Briney as a super spreader event <laughs> joke. I mean, that's only fair. I guess it is fair game. 
Benjamin at the White House or for, you know, anyone in the United States. And so in the movie that we're living in, this plot twist was totally predictable. And my reaction was like, oh, my God, here we go. Oh, my God, that is amazing. (laughs) Because like it or not, Donald Trump is the most powerful person in the world. He's the nuclear football quarterback. And so there could be repercussions for all of us if he's sick, crazy or dead. And this went and got himself infected with COVID. And yeah, I blame him for getting sick. We've all seen how reckless he's been. I don't need to go into detail on this. The only people who can really deny it are those people that see politics as sports. The ones that, you know, will root for the Republicans no matter who they are or what they do. And they've really exposed themselves during the Trump years. (laughs) But it's undeniable at this point that he... By the way, during the Trump years, the Republican Party has become anti-establishment Republican. Not like, does the base Republican Party like John McCain and Mitt Romney now? No. do they? Because I think it's the opposite of what she just said. Yeah, I would question her view of reality. <laughs> and this, uh, it just this is this. Her podcast is the gift that keeps on giving. It's uh, who they are or what they do, and they've really exposed themselves during the Trump years. <laughs> but it's undeniable <laughs> at this point that he didn't go the safety first route in regards to COVID. Quite the opposite, and it got him, and it got a lot of people around him too, and. And the thing that, like, infuriates me about it is that we knew, we knew that Hope Hicks was positive on Wednesday. And she had had close contact with him with no mask in indoor places. So he knew he was exposed. And on Thursday, October 1st, he went indoors with elderly people at a campaign event in New Jersey. These are people that were shelling out hundreds of thousands of dollars for him. I believe he collected $5 million, but don't quote me on that. That's just what I remember. I'm not even going to look it up. I don't care. Because the point is that these were his donors. These were the people giving him money. And yet he still, knowing he was exposed, went into an enclosed space with people who were at the highest risk. I mean, that level of selfishness It just shows how callous he is for human life. I mean, these are the people that you would think he would care about the most because these are his supporters that are giving him enormous amounts of money. And when I saw that, like, that's when I sent the tweet that I said, I don't care what happens to him. And the truth is that I really don't. Well, and she doesn't want to give any responsibility to people going out in public to meet with the president or anybody like they have no responsibility for themselves whatsoever and they can't make their own choice because we're all a bunch of stupid slaves who the government has to fucking tell us what to do where we can go wear a mask in your house and god forbid if you're gonna tubin use a condom (laughs) uh i just can't get over like within two sentences she simultaneously says trump has no regard for human life and i don't care if he fucking dies right well and she sounds <laughs> just her whole delivery and i don't know how old jennifer briney is but Probably i really years older than me and that's what's sad oh my god 15 years older than you because to me she sounds like she's a 15 year old valley girl yeah that is just I ranting just, she's got to be mid-30s it, that's sad late 30s i mean that's sad i mean i Unless know she started doing that show in high school maybe i mean i know we do shtick and we do stuff for uh comedic value but, I mean, this is her real show, it seems, and this is just her. This is not a character she's putting on. This is her. And, uh, I mean, I hope her blood pressure's in check because she's a little out there. Yeah, and and to be fair, most of her show is not this 
insane. Like she actually does do good research and 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 reads the bills and they're going through Congress, so you don't have to. But when she starts going off script and off not off script, but away from the actual research she's done and just into her own opinions, it's like okay, I might as well be watching Don Lemon right now. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to watch Don Lemon. He sticks his hands down his pants and then makes a guy sniff it. Fuck Don Lemon. All the all the homies hate Don Lemon. My buddy uh, Patriot J made a Don Lemon diss track that was pretty good. Well, I can Fuck see Don that. Lemon. I mean, all the homies hate Don Lemon. And I mean, really, why? I mean, I still don't understand that the the concept escapes people of how racist it is to be like all black should stick together. Well, wait, no, that's. That is entirely a racist sentiment. Now, if somebody says all white should stick together, that's racist. All black <laughs> should stick together. Well, no, that's just good common sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense. People are people. Come on. Get over it. I like it's the it reminds me of that Ryan Long video when wokes and racists agree. <laughs> well, Have you is seen that, that? Uh, no, but I can I can see that would uh Oh, well, let's oh God. Let me let me pause this. I, and I mean, that, it, that was what I pointed out a bunch of times when uh, we're talking about that article today with uh, Obama giving the uh, the interview to The Atlantic, one of the far most far left magazines out there. And there was a bunch of things that he said that I totally agreed with. I just think we're looking at it from two totally different sides. Um, yeah. No, it's it's uh, two two people watching the same screen seeing two different movies. Right, this, and we're. I mean, we could both point and go, Twitter's the problem, but we're looking at it from. I'm thinking, yeah, Twitter censoring conservatives is a problem. Where he's going, oh, conservatives being allowed to speak on Twitter, that's a problem. But I mean, we both know Twitter's the problem. Have you have you seen the uh, Mark Dice videos where he just takes segments from Brian Stelter's show on CNN and just does a Mickey Mouse voice over it, like overdubs it, like Brian Stelter going, "It's dangerous to our democracy to have." conservatives on parlor uh, make sure you wear a mask kids <laughs> nobody's censoring them but uh they shouldn't be allowed to talk <laughs> uh, so th this is ryan long's one of his, his all his videos are great he does sketch comedy but the woke when wokes and racists agree on everything is the name of the video i put it in the troll room and it's two guys wearing shirts one says woke and one says racist and when me and Brad first met, I didn't think we'd get along, but turns out we kind of agree on everything. Your, Your racial, racial identity is the most important thing. thing. Everything, everything should be looked at through the lens of race. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Damn. We both have a lot of opinions about people of color, even though we barely know any. I say colored people, but as long as we're <laughs> classifying them. We both think minorities are a united group who think the same and act the same. And both the same. You don't want to lose your black card. Sorry, I don't know. I just think we should roll, roll back, back discrimination laws so we can hire based on race again. Jinx, now you owe me a Coke. Hey, tell them what you told me yesterday. White actors should only do voices for white cartoon characters. Been saying that for years. Stick to your own. Us white people, we have so much privilege. I agree. It is a privilege to be white. Ask him about interracial dating. All I said is that black men who date white women have internalized racism, and white men that date ethnic women are fetishizing them. Guys against interracial dating now. Like, am I being pranked? Did Boomer put you <laughs> up to this? Ugh, you know that taco place is white-owned? White people should be making white foods, like Kraft macaroni and cheese, no seasoning, not even salt. It's like he's a mind reader. I mean, I've been pushing for segregation forever, and my man does what? I created an improv comedy show exclusively for ethnic people. Guy segregates comedy on my birthday. White people need to stop wearing dreadlocks, and they need to stop appropriating black people's music. Shaved heads and country music, the way God intended. You know all white people are racist. I'm listening. 
Even if you have a black <laughs> wife or a black friend group, you're still really racist. You know, he just kicked a guy out of the organization for having a black girlfriend, but if you can promise me he's still really racist, we'll consider letting him back in. Black people should only shop at black businesses. I guess the only thing we really disagree about is I think white people are the root of all evil. But what did I tell you, though? If we can narrow that down to a certain group of tiny-hatted white people, I think we can come to an understanding. Technically, I don't consider Jewish people white Neither do I. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, Ryan Long's great. Shout out to him. Check him out. Yeah, yeah, well, that's all there. yeah, there's so much based in fact there. That's why it's funny, because this... And I was surprised. We talked about it on Grumpy Old Ben's. Ryan brought the uh, the thing that was up on the California ballot, which was trying to bring back, it was okay to hire somebody based upon their race, and it was voted down in California. So there is hope. I mean, there were uh, House seats flipped in California that went Republican this year. Nobody's talking about that in the mainstream media, that the Democrats lost, like, what, six or nine seats in the House, which is crazy in this year of hate Trump. Do you think everybody's going to go vote Democrat down the line? That's not the case, but they still get out there. These assholes like Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden to a little bit of a lesser extent, Kamala Harris to even a more extent than uh, Nancy Pelosi with, oh, we have a mandate now. Fuck you. It's so close. There's no mandate. You're nuts. I mean, I don't think they know what mandate means. A mandate would be you got 70% of the vote. You know, this would be a mandate that people have spoken. I, when, I thought a mandate was when you and your best buddy Go out for dinner. <laughs> That's only down there in uh, Tennessee. You and Buford T. <laughs> Going out on uh, a mandate. I haven't seen Buford in a minute. He's uh, He lives up the road. Yeah, he hang out with that guy. I mean, he has got the best drugs and alcohol, I think. Okay, let's let's get this last bit of this Barani clip over with. I'm not rooting for anything here. I'm not rooting for any person to die. Sounds like you are. But I can <laughs> tell you that I won't really feel anything for him if he does. Just because he's an awful human being. And, you know, you right, heard my impeachment Donald episodes. Trump. I'm not saying <laughs> because she knows Donald Trump. She knows what he's like as a person that uh, that you can say he's a horror. The fact that these assholes actually believe that they know a person just because of a public persona. And let's make no mistake about it. Donald Trump for years has been a public persona larger than life that if you believe everything you heard about the guy, you're nuts. It's uh, it's a public persona. That's exactly what it is. To me, you know, I'll kind of put it into the same vein as Kid Rock, who most people, you know, when they hear Kid Rock, they think of just, you know, when him in music videos, him performing, they think he's that guy. And I know for a fact I know people that know him. A friend of mine worked at the studio down in Nashville where he used to come in, and she was like, he was the nicest, sweetest guy that would just talk to everybody and be like, hey, what's going on? How's the family? And was not a big ego kind of guy, but everybody on the outside's like, oh, that guy's a dick. It's like, well, <laughs> no. People that know him are like, no, he's a regular guy. That's a public persona. It's a put-on. People exaggerate. It's the same thing with grumpy old Ben's. I mean, I don't just snap at everybody like I do at Bemrose when I'm talking to him, but for the show... It works. For podcasts, it works. You, you exaggerate things a little. And if you think the Donald Trump you're seeing on TV is really the guy, Briny has bigger uh, problems with Trump derangement syndrome than I thought. Yeah, it's it's sad because she is like, uh, she's not an, she's not dumb. She's just been duped, I think, by the narrative. But um, Cold Acid said in the chat, Donald Trump went on WWE and never left. 
And yes, uh, he Trump taught Vince McMahon how to be Vince McMahon. So there's definitely a larger than life pro wrestling aspect to Trump. Um, yeah, but yeah. But like, got about 15 seconds left on this clip, and and we can move on to. I got a couple Trump clips after that that are pretty good. Thing for him if he does, just because he's an awful human being. And, you know, you heard my impeachment episodes. I'm not some anti-Trump zealot. I have done my best ah. to be fair to him, despite <laughs> the fact that I don't like him as a human being. But his reaction to COVID, the recklessness that he has shown for other people's lives. I want him out of power there because I don't trust his judgment at all. And so that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> I sound like Forrest Gump. <laughs> you know, and I just want to know. How many of the uh, the leftist uh, soy boys are totally tubing at listening to her show? Oh, I tube it all the time listening to Brian. <laughs> it's a, well, it's the only way to get through the show, right? Yeah. But it's, it's, like, then, then it's really a Pavlovian thing, A couple thing, jokes though. I need to not make. <laughs> well, let's uh, think about that. I mean, it's the whole Pavlov's dog thing. So if you're tubing it to Briny's show, eventually that leftist ideology is going to be associated with a feeling of euphoria, and you're going to turn into a lefty. So maybe she's a genius. I will bend just... that fucking rat over! <laughs> yes. There you go. I'm going to do it live! It's real. Please uh, go to the Dark Sewer and buy Nick the Rat Pecker Pills today. Big Dick the Rat. Um. Okay, so... Uh, Trump, as you noticed, has not been really, he's been tweeting, but he hasn't really been making any public appearances, public speeches. Uh, yeah, but he's he been did, quiet. Yeah, but he did break his silence uh, in the last couple of days. Folks, we love Weird Al. We love Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al, an American original. He's not wrong. Yeah, it's, uh, this, this is actually like uh, some of his best material right here. He's got a lot of spunk and he's got a lot of talent. I've never seen anybody who gets famous playing accordion. I just don't see it. <laughs> I just don't see it. Who's who's doing accordion? And I, we don't even know how it works. Science doesn't even know how it works. He gets the piano and he just, he squeezes it and it sounds really crazy. <laughs> and Weird Al figured it out. God bless him. We think it's great that Weird Al figured out that accordion. I don't even know how they do We don't even know how it do it. Does it need batteries? We'll never know. We'll never know. And science doesn't know. But Weird Al was very mean to Coolio. Not very nice. <laughs> Coolio was very upset with Mr. Weird Al. He didn't do... He didn't ask for the rights. He just went and did Amish Paradise, and he just didn't even ask for the rights. He didn't even ask for it. When he did... Gangster's Paradise. He had such a big hit with gangster, Gangster's Paradise. And, you know, with Amish Paradise, the, he, what they do is they take the music and they steal the whole thing. They just steal the music and they write a new words and it's a new song and everyone goes, oh, it's so great. Are they? And he writes new words to it and suddenly it's funny. <laughs> Parody. Something he knows much more about after being president, I'm sure. <laughs> That's why uh, I love that so much. Uh, well, who doesn't uh, love Weird Al, man? I saw Weird Al live we love when Weird I was like, Al. Like 14 or something, man. Uh, I mean, that was, uh, got the albums, got the vinyl. 
there was some good stuff back in the day. Nature Trail to Hell in 3D. I mean, that will stick with you. Mr. Frump in the Iron Lung. My Bologna, another uh, another one rides the bus. There's some weird old genius out there. Some of his and music he, videos are amazing, too. Yeah, I love the one, the recent one for Foil, the parody of Lord's Royals. And he's still doing it. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. It'll never get it'll never get best com it'll never get best album though. Just best comedy album. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, some of those accordion solos, they deserve a Grammy. How does he do it? The accordion? Science doesn't know. Does it need batteries? <laughs> they just got to squeeze it, man. <laughs> uh, okay, Darren. And we're back to Are you ready? Probably not. But okay, sure. I'm ready. For what? Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what I'm ready for. Uh, you did a... Uh... That episode with Void, I was I was already looking at trying to take you out of your comfort zone a little bit because everybody's heard Darren speak brilliantly about politics, about tech, but we we never get the philosophy or religion aspect of Darren O'Neill, and Void kind of brought it out of you. Yeah, but I'm gonna we, take we, you a little further out of your comfort zone today. And we've done other. I mean, last time we talked to Void, we did a whole thing on religion. I mean, it was great. Because it's the only subject in the world that seems to be able to uh, keep Ryan quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's true. No, uh, Void brought up uh, Catholicism, and I was wondering if you saw the letter that the the open letter to Trump that the Archbishop wrote. Um, the guy's name starts with a V. Was it? Vig, uh, there was. Uh, uh, was it the see. one about the deep state? Uh, yes. The, yeah. the globalist, the good versus evil globalist. I'll put it in the troll room, and it'll be in the show notes. But yeah, he was he was basically like Trump and the Patriots in America are the only hope to stop the build back better, great reset tyranny that's going on. And he makes an argument that it's run by demonic forces, and I don't disagree with him at all. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. I mean, if you believe in demonic forces, then uh, this is what they would do. I mean, let's go back to the, uh, if you go back to the origin story, the Bible, Genesis, Adam and Eve, and the serpent, well, this is, uh, this is the serpent going crazy in 2020, I think, if you believe that, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I figure we could, uh, for the second half of show, so to speak, as Adam would say, we can, we can dive into... Uh, some some more woo woo type shit that you really don't uh, with Bimrose doesn't really give you a chance to talk about. I know that's why I need a different co-host. Uh, Void, I would like to do some more stuff with Void because I mean his story is very intriguing. I think everybody should go listen to Grumpy Old Ben's and hopefully Void starts doing some more English stuff because he's the only person that uh, I've known you know at least well enough to you know to talk with a bunch that has chosen his own religion everybody else i know and most people this is how it works 90 some odd percent of the people you have a religion in your family when you grow up or you don't and that's what you stick with your whole life i mean if you grew up a good catholic boy like me then you stay catholic that's what a majority of people do void went another route and was like i'm i want religion but i'm not sure which one and did the work in uh in in every real way and did the uh you know did some religion shopping which is fantastic i think because it's uh it's such a rare path and it seems like it's really worked for him and 
It's it's a cool thing. I mean, it's I think you should do a whole podcast just on that alone because that topic alone to me is fascinating. That finding a religion you like and then you're starting with it from you know the you know square A as an adult, which is again normally you you learn about religion when you're a kid and it's kind of forced upon you. So with the whole thing, it just intrigues me, and I think it would be a great concept for a podcast series. Yeah, I I was raised non-denominal Christian, but very strict Christian. Like I was went to Presbyterian, uh, Evangelical, Methodist, a lot of Baptist churches, and some non non-denominational churches growing up. But uh, I've kind of explored, you know, everything from Buddhism, Hinduism. Uh, I've read like religious texts from around the world and kind of melded together my own uh, thought process. But overall, I stick with the Christianity side, but I do like even like the Book of Enoch and the Gospel of Thomas and all those books that the Catholic Church decided to leave out of the Bible that the Old Testament considered canon, like the Book of Enoch, which the actual Bible quotes. And then when you consider the more nefarious nature of like the Vatican and how they have you know, a giant statue of a serpent and Jesus being tortured by demons as a statue and the black Pope. And, you know, there's a lot of kid fucking that goes on in the Catholic church. Like it might not be a coincidence that the Catholic church picked 66 Bibles to, or 66 books to be in the Bible. A lot of weird stuff going on, not just with the Catholic church, but your Joel Olsteins and a lot of the oh, yeah. establishment religious, but, uh, okay. So we're going to, we're going to go deep with Darren O'Neill. <laughs> Got to go deep. Probably not. But okay, sure. Okay, did you see Tim Pool's episode of his podcast with Michael Malice and Alex Jones before it was deleted from YouTube? No, I don't watch any Tim Pool. I really can't stand Tim Pool. <laughs> He's, he sounds and looks like Ben Shapiro, but he has a beanie and way better opinions. Well, the beanie but, is what throws me right off the bat, and it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't take you seriously. That this is what you've chosen. I mean, there's a lot of cool I things. I think he must be bald, man. He must have like prematurely balded. Why else would you have a beanie on all day? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know because it's like uh, there's a lot of cool things you could have, like as your symbol. Like Rush Limbaugh has the gold Electro Voice RE20. That you know, it's the you know, ex- uh, excellence in broadcasting. The gold mic. I mean, there's a lot of things you could have as like the symbol for what your show is the guy in a beanie at you know 30 whatever years old i i don't get it so listen uh i i talk about the news in a tiny little window at the bottom left of right, the screen right and i hate that too i hate that go full screen it's like nick nick and illuminatia doing the uh, origins of things and stuff great content and i'm like make the fucking picture bigger you can do it nick you know the technology works what is he building in there? He's building a rat ship. Yes. Uh, Take us all. Okay, so, yeah, starting it off. Uh, well, are you a fan of Michael Malice? I know you don't like Tim Pool. No, I've never heard of Michael Malice, actually. Oh, he's he did a great book called Dear Reader about North Korea. Um, it's He's he's hilarious. He's probably one of the funniest people on Twitter, too. But uh, he... He's just a great troll. But anyways, yeah, he was on there with Alex Jones, and he kind of, well, yeah. Well, I'll give you just a feel for where I'm going with this. I got a couple of clips from that. 
You were talking about on Logan Paul about how all these high up people smoke DMT and communicate with these interdimensional beings. What is it that these beings want from us and what is their nature in relation to us? Okay, Darren, I'm going to be Joe Rogan and you be <laughs> one of Joe Rogan's guests. Do you know what I'm going to ask you right now? No, but we've got, I've got the Joe Rogan mic. I mean, do you have the Joe Rogan mic? Is this all we have? I have a Yeti X, so no. No, so yes, yeah, so you're not really Joe Rogan yet. Have you have you done jujitsu and uh, and and kicked a lot of people's asses? Nope. Okay. Okay. I I, there is another criteria. Theater of the that mind. I do have in common with Joe Rogan. Okay, so tell me something cool, and I'll be Joe Rogan. Just tell me anything. Just say anything. If you uh, melt dry ice, you can swim without getting wet. That's cool, man. Have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> no. You haven't. No. Okay. Um. Uh, well, moving along. Well, my understanding is they operate in a 4D space and they can communicate with us in a 3D space, just like if I look at a comic book strip, that's me at a 3D person looking at a 2D space. What is it that they're interested in with communicating with us? And what is it their goals? Do we even know? Do I don't think we know, but when I was on Joe Rogan two years ago and, and, and talked about this, he then like a couple months later had a professor on going, oh, in Japan and the U.S., we're starting official studies with intravenous DMT to go in and map this. And so here's, here's what they know. I've talked to some people off record that, that they're doing mass groups on DMT. They've been doing it for a while where everyone sees these entities. Yes. Everyone's having the same experience. They've got people who are talking to everybody while it's happening and they're seeing the same deal. So they know this is not a, this is not individual hallucinations. This is either they're seeing another dimension and these are aliens or somehow our minds are linking up and maybe there's a controller there who's projecting a mass image into the other 50 subjects, but they're up to 50, a hundred person groups where almost everyone is experiencing the interface with these other creatures. But we don't really know much about them then or what they want. Uh, no, we don't know, but here's what we know. Okay. That's what I want. Okay. Here's so, so well, hold on. If, if that stuff's happening, how come it's not very public? I mean, because you don't, you, okay. That's that I know about. Why haven't we had a mass public communication with the elves? Because the public is not have the capacity to deal with this kind of situation. Uh, most people. And do. the elves are like janitors. He wants to like interface a bunch. Sometimes like a big daddy shows up and it's like, you know, it's, it's not elves. And a lot of times from my understanding, they're surprised that you're seeing them. Oh, yeah, you you're know, like I just watched that in. movie from, uh, from. It's like you're jumping you into somebody's bedroom at night. Yeah. You ever see that 80s horror movie from Beyond? Have you seen that 80s horror movie, Darren? No. No, yeah, I'm not really did. a horror fan either. So, uh. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so let me ask you in a different way then. If you've, you've never, I'm assuming you've never done any kind of uh, psychotropic, psychoactive, um, third eye unleashing, op ripping open the veil, seeing other dimensions type of drug before. No. Okay. Let me ask a different question then. Have you ever had something you would consider to be a supernatural experience? Um, the, the closest I'll come, and I've told this story to a Nick the Rat multiple times because he always forgets, um, <laughs> was driving home one night, winter, cold, um, where it ended up the uh, next day, my sister, who was pregnant, had her uh, first child, my nephew, and my grandfather, who had been dead for for years, I had his old car, and I was driving home, right, and yeah, all okay. of a sudden, a just he just got a very strong scent out of nowhere, which to me immediately was the tobacco 
that the smell that, you know, when I used to go over to their apartment, that was the smell I associated with it. That was a very strong, you know, strong enough to where, you, you know, you got the chills down your spine and, you know, kind of you know, had that weird feeling like, wow, that was weird. Where did that come from? And uh, then the next morning found out that uh, my sister had the child and I was like, well, now this would have been his first great grandchild. So if you were going to come back and check things out and, you know, he loved his car, always made jokes about because uh, it was an Oldsmobile, always made jokes about my mom's uh, Cadillac, which which he ended up dying in, which I think he would be laughing about that at uh, at this point. But uh to me, it just really was the closest I ever came to like, wow, this was a this was something from at least beyond the grave, sending a message that uh, that uh, to today I can't explain it any other way. And that just seems to I mean, granted, it could just be a bunch of random things working at the exact right time or, you know, there's something else out there. I think there is. And there, I mean, I don't obviously have any idea exactly what it is because you can't necessarily prove these types of things but just based on direct experience i've had a lot of stuff happen that i can't explain and yes allegedly drugs may have been involved in at least 70 percent of it but alex makes a good point which is confirmed and i've had this happen seeing lights in the sky with you know five people all see it and we're all looking at them for a while before somebody has the balls to say like do you guys see that too and then everybody's like Fuck, yeah i so this is the the I, I think there's dimensions all around us that we don't see um, without removing a filter. But going back to the Archbishop's letter to Trump about good and evil and all this stuff, like the more the deeper down you go into these rabbit holes, it does seem like the political struggles of freedom versus tyranny do correlate to a true good and evil yeah like black it, and white right well yeah i mean darren you don't always have to make it about race now <laughs> no it's zeros and ones i mean that's what it is <laughs> yeah. on and off i'm just kidding although i will say i thought this was somewhat ironic that uh and because i get a lot of spam but i got uh, spam today from victoria's secret or they send stuff out pretty much daily and now it's just become more of a, uh, it used to be, there was a bunch of really hot chicks and I'm into hot chicks, so that was why you would open up the emails. Now it's kind of like, let's see if you can count the minorities and transgenders in the ad. But today they actually sent a thing out for Black Friday. I opened it up, every model in the ad was black. And I'm like, do you understand what you just did there? And I'm not sure they do. Because Black Friday is a sale. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm like, you you do realize, right, what Black Friday means, but you oh, did you not, no. you know, unintentionally just didn't have any white people. And there was there was also a black guy in the end, which is the first time I've seen this, wearing Victoria's like the same Secret hoodie. Black Friday edition. <laughs> yes, Victoria's like, Secret, <laughs> Victoria yes. Secret Black Friday Libya edition. Open air. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. It's just like, do you not realize what you're doing? But I, yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes it escapes people now. We're just trying so hard. And, I mean, you're down there in Nashville. And I was a country music fan. I've gone through stages. And uh, I've become later in life where I can jump between these stages much more quickly, which means I could listen uh, today, you know, put on some Ted Nugent and then throw on some Sinatra and then throw on, you know, the monks chanting. And that's fine. Uh, I used to be more into a genre and I would stick with rock or I would stick with country or whatever it was. For 
a longer period of time. And I was really into country music for a long time. I did websites for a few prominent country artists. I ran a fan club for one of them, was involved with a lot of the stuff going on there in Nashville. And the fact that the CMAs just this year gave the, and it's the Willie Nelson Lifetime Achievement Award, which I think is kind of funny because he's still alive, but the Lifetime Achievement Award this year finally went to Charlie Pride, who was one of the greatest country artists ever, just happens to be black. And I'm like, okay, did he get it this year because of what? Is it just because he was black? And I think it is. I mean, he should have gotten it a long time ago. That is the travesty. But was it handed to him this year? Because it's like, oh, we want to be woke. The Major League Baseball, who there's only like 5% or so, if I'm not screwing this number up, but it's really low. The amount of African-American players that they have in Major League Baseball, it's like very very low percentage. A lot of the black guys are Dominican and that, but African-American, very low. Both rookies of the year this year were African-American. And it's like, did they really deserve it? Or was it just because they were black? We're getting to a point to where we're doing stuff for all the wrong reasons. And merit-based is going out the window. And it's like, we just need to check a box, uh, check a box and that's it. Diversity Sorry, that is drag. Yes, I should be. I should be saving this rant for grumpy old Ben's. Yeah, you did a really good job <laughs> of somehow redirecting away from interdimensional beings, but we're going to get back there. Okay, so the Twilight who's Zone this? <laughs> I, this is a stick figure. I no, but you can see it's labeled, right? What is it? So say? that's what MM. MM. Is that Michael Mallon? That's, that's me. That's Next right. to that is who? Is uh, It says they? What's this, Alex? Can you oh, Alex. Alex. So that's Alex. <laughs> I can't reach your hand right And then there's you next to it's it, right? me. That's me. And there's a little house. So, is that hold, smoke hold coming on. out of the chimney? Yes, but hold on. So each of those figures correspond to three of us. What does that house correspond to? My house? No, that house doesn't exist, right? Uh -huh. It's a representation of a house that has no uh, referent in reality. So in the same way, many of the people that we see in 3D space do not actually exist in a 4D space. You following this so far? Sure, people that don't exist in the 4D space that do exist in the 3D. Yeah, like Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I don't they're know. Background, he in... but they're not. You're assuming he's human. Yeah. He might be a clone or a lizard person or an android. I mean, there's no telling. Could be. Any but, I mean, those. I'm sure. I'm sure you've met people. I don't want to name any names, but I'm sure you've met people that like. They're not really conscious. It's like they—it's like they're an NPC or like a like a auto-generated character on Grand Theft Auto. Right. Yeah. They're they're like a bad AI. Yeah. <laughs> like glitching into walls and shit. They're background, but they're not fully real. In the same way that me drawing this house is not real, what? even though these three figures represent the three of us. It's like what? Skype. So you're saying that like we have a fourth dimensional projection, and some people don't. Yes. What determines whether That's someone crazy. has? Probably the way you, it's the way you vibrate. If you vibrate, interdimensional will. Yeah, you'll crack the Higgs field at a certain <laughs> form of vibration. Not the Higgs we've, box we've, or whatever. You have you have pulled Tim Pool into this parallel universe. I have no idea what's going on. You <laughs> no, do know what I'm telling you. You do know exactly. What's I, I, I understand what you're NASA, saying. NASA NASA tried to abandon space travel because of this. When they found out about this, it's like I mean, Stranger this is, Things. This is real. Yeah, They're like that's the upside it, down. It's exactly upside correct. Down world. They're, you're laughing, but I'm not joking. So Alex hit on a really good point right there. NASA tried to abandon space travel, or didn't even try. Succeeded on abandoning space travel when they found out about this. So Operation Paperclip, we hired all these Nazis right after World War II that were into the occult, working with Hitler, 
and all these witches and the Brill Society and doing all these occult rituals, sacrificing kids, taking extreme amounts of hallucinogens, and they made contact with, quote, aliens, interdimensional beings, demons. So paperclip, we hired thousands of Nazi scientists to come run NASA and the OSS, which became the CIA, right? And so then when NASA, like, has all this information, they're like, space is an empty wasteland. We need to not even worry about it. There's nothing out there. It's all about inner space, you know, um, what's that movie where the dude gets into the isolation tank, altered states or whatever? So theoretically, na all the NASA shit we see in, the reason a lot of it looks fake, like Fletcher talks about when SpaceX, Elon Musk's mouse is out there, uh, even though it's in space, you see a mouse running around on the outside, the moon landings look fake, all that. That's because that's all a sideshow, and the real NASA budget is going to pumping astronauts full of, psychonauts full of, extreme hallucinogens to go into meetings with interdimensional beings and create and get the blueprints to technology that they bring out into the real world and build it. That's where cell phones and TV and all that shit came from. This is yeah, a but theory. What's, but what's going to happen now? I mean, this was easy when you had to have uh, governments sending people into space. Now you got Elon sending people into space. What are you going to do <laughs> now that private citizens have the ability to do this? Well, do you think, do you think, because uh, the old story is like all this technology like CD-ROMs and radio waves and all this that came from Roswell or whatever, the crashed UFO, but that seems like a, a red herring cover story from the fact that it came from something much more, I mean, shit, Book of Revelations, like I was talking about with Dean Reiner 2,000 years ago, predicts a global government, a global pandemic, and a mark on your right hand or forehead that you can't buy or sell with. Yeah, I mean, I don't know which one is necessarily more scary to the average citizen, whether it's, you know, there are people out there in, you know, in, in space somewhere that are actual physical beings, or if the fact like, oh, there's another dimension like right next to you. Somebody could be, you know, it's, uh, you know, both are a little bit freaky. I think the, the first is easier for more people to believe um, but, uh, I mean, really there's no, if you believe in science at all, saying any of these don't exist is just stupid because we don't know. And I would say the, the possibilities that both do are higher than not. Agreed. So, uh, what do you know about Terrence McKenna? Zero. Okay. He, we actually did a whole long episode, me and my co-host Noah back a while back on absent six pack that was pretty interesting but he has a he's like a god among the psychedelic community like very counterculture pro taking mushrooms and he popularized dmt way before joe rogan did um which according to mckenna dmt was first synthesized by the military and they had uh one one they had barrels and barrels of it in a warehouse and one barrel was enough to get the entire united states population high on dmt like a hundred times each or some outrageous number and the military was synthesizing this stuff back goes back to mk ultra mind control programs and all that but uh mckenna who was super pro psychedelic said similar stuff and he kind of talks like this he's like very effeminate and eggheady but he had uh going it it coincides with what alex jones was talking about where it's like yeah, they uh, they go in and they they take the DMT and they get alien blueprints. Like McKenna decades ago was talking about the 
uh, mushrooms. I'll play a clip in a second, but he's basically like, mushrooms are an intelligent life force, and when you take them on high enough doses, you see galactic plans and blueprints <laughs> for alien weapons and battleship schematics, and <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, anyway, those are the yeah. good mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not those Monsanto GMO mushrooms, but the good ones. But as you raise the dose, they, these, the character of these things begins to appear. And, uh, for instance, psilocybin is, to my mind, in many ways, the most anomalous. Because, number one, this thing about how it speaks, it does speak. And none of the others do. I mean, the others you may occasionally, in years of fiddling, get a, a sentence or two. But the mushroom just is voluble. It just comes on and raves, you know. And sometimes you even, and people have said to me, it really does rave. I mean, it's not a calm. It's not a, it's not a go with the flow rap. It's rap about planetary destiny in the next 10 million years, in the last 10 million years. So the elites picked up on this, obviously, a long time ago. I mean, it, history details psychedelic sacraments and child sacrifice and all this stuff dating back in every culture on every continent for thousands of years. But, but the, in this theory, in this crazy rabbit hole, the current elite, including the CIA, are obsessed with these um, the interdimensional travel through the use of psychedelics and occult ritual. Are you with me so far, Darren? Yeah, I'm with you on the concept, but I'm thinking if you wanted to enslave and befuddle and just totally fuck with a whole generation, you could get them to take mushrooms by telling them they'll see other dimensions and all will be uh, revealed to them if they take the mushrooms. So, I mean, that's... Yes, uh, MKUltra. <laughs> yeah. John Lennon uh, and uh, uh, Timothy Leary and a lot of them had some CIA ties, for sure. You know, so it's an interesting thing. It's like, well, is this, are you really seeing other dimensions or are you just being kept docile? And, uh, you know, that's why it's like, I don't like any drugs. I mean, I'll even, you know, alcohol dulls the senses, but that's okay in moderation. But I don't, it's the opposite. Uh, I don't go alcohol for the Alcohol is stuff. the opposite of DMT or mushrooms. Yes. One, yeah, alcohol well. dulls the senses. The other one heightens them. Because even on a low dose, everything, your sense of your smell, touch, taste, sight, vision. They've done studies that prove your visual acuity is way more enhanced on mushrooms like they did studies with psilocybin giving people psilocybin mushrooms and there's a bunch of lines and to the sober people they all looked like a row of straight lines but the people on psilocybin were able to detect that which ones were slightly just barely crooked that's bizarre yeah so uh but it, and, and then th if theoretically if you take enough of them then you're gonna your senses are so heightened that you see aliens or angels and demons or whatever's around us all the time um, but continuing with McKenna, the, uh, the, 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 and a lot of this is where mystical folklore about like gnomes and leprechauns and shit seems to come from vampires and all that. Uh, but yeah, the gnomes, man. Okay. Here's what happened. After two hits, you feel completely peculiar at that point. People say, whoa, wow, it's really coming on strong. And then what you have to do is you have to take one more enormous hit. Then what happens is 
it like physically propels you through this chrysanthemum-like thing. And on the other side, there's a, a whole bunch of entities waiting. You know that Pink Floyd song, The Gnomes Have Learned a New Way to Say Hooray? Well, it's that place. It's those gnomes. And they come pounding toward you, and they will stop in front of you and vibrate, but then they do a very disconcerting thing, which is they jump into your body. They jump into your body, and then they jump back out again. And the whole thing is going on in this very high-speed mode where you're being presented with thousands of details per second, and you can't get a hold. And these things are saying, don't abandon yourself to amazement. Pay attention to what we're doing. Well, what are they doing? Well, what they're doing is they're making objects with their voices. And you feel like a bubble inside your body. And when it comes out, it isn't sound, it's vision. And then after a minute or so of this, the whole thing begins to collapse in on itself. They wave goodbye and they say, Deja vu, deja vu. I would be able to discount these... Um, I would be able to discount this whole thing a lot more if... I hadn't have had experiences that were uncannily, uncannily similar to that before I had heard anyone else describing them happening to them. I think that is bullshit. <laughs> what? Where did he come from? Damn. JCD is everywhere. Oh, I lay off the weed. <laughs> I can, uh, I'm going to use mean, this I... Adam, that Adam Curry clip a lot in the future. <laughs> well, that's him from the, uh, the episode of... Swamp uh, thing. Swamp thing, yeah. I gotta go find that. We'll watch it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I was not high enough to enjoy it. It was really goofy, but basically Adam Curry is a rock star and he finds out that he's getting sued because two kids that were listening to music killed themselves and were big fans of his, kind of like the Judas Priest thing. Yeah. And then he oh, starts yeah, getting Judas... haunted by their ghosts and shit in his house. Yeah, there was a bunch of those back in the 80s, the lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, so what you're saying is... Uh, Really uh, bad acting and good hair when it comes to Adam Curry and Swamp Thing. He was probably the best actor in that episode. The guy <laughs> that played Swamp Thing was pretty... Uh, they modulated his voice, and it was really weird. But um, just to just to wrap... Well, uh, I might have to skip some of these clips. It's getting a little late, you know what I mean? But uh, back to... back Because this... I'm so glad that I, fa like, I got these clips because that podcast has pretty much been wiped from everywhere now but uh yeah tim pool michael malice alex jones and see if you like there's a similarity between what terrence mckenna who's pro psychedelic and alex jones who's anti-psychedelic both seem to agree on the entities at least whether it was the babylonians or whether it was the egyptians or whether it was the mesoamericans or whether it was the ancient druids they would build altars on these ley lines, interdimensional vortexes of energy in the earth, which are easier, I guess, for it to resonate. It's what they think. I don't know how this all works. And then they would demand blood. Uh, just to pause it right there. It is weird how in five different on five different continents around the world, way before the Internet was created, you have pyramids all over the place that are all perfectly aligned to the North Star. 
Well, the North Star was always a big thing. I mean, that was, yeah, but again... Was when, pyramids also? Like, how did they all know to build a pyramid aligned to the North Star without contacting each other? Or is that just something that's encoded in humans' DNA that we want to do? Which is possible. Or maybe people just played too much D&D back then. It's hard to say. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's well, a I lot... Mean, there, is a, there is a giant metal pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee that's at Bass Pro Shop, so... <laughs> well, I believe that. Well, there's even, like, in Ireland, there's... You know, and elsewhere, but there's a lot of these big, uh, you know, rock formations that were built that, you know, the sun shines directly into it, you know, only perfectly during, you know, the solstice or something like that, where, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that this kind of stuff was done. And why it was done at that particular time, I mean, it's a good question. It could be encoded into the DNA. I mean, there was some, um, obviously, communications of people that talked and went from you know place to place. Obviously, maybe not. We know not like now, but you know, I think the people you see the North Star, you see the Sun, have people having similar ideas. I can see it happening. It's possible, but they also had the same idea to like uh, <laughs> sacrifice children on tops of those pyramids. Well, that was to appease the gods, of course. Right, yeah, the Aztecs worshipped this sky serpent called Quetzalcoatl, and they would all take mushrooms, thousands of them at the same time, and hallucinate, unless it was all, because they all saw it, this giant sky serpent called Quetzalcoatl, and they would sacrifice thousands and thousands of people, sometimes in one day, to this sky serpent. And how much of this stuff sounds like a Star Trek episode? <laughs> They've all been done. I know, reality, it's like at a certain point you realize that fiction's just ripping off reality. Yeah, yeah, we're taking ideas, yeah, that people, yeah, that's what it is. Nothing new works. under the sun. And then they would demand blood. So you didn't want just elves at your event. Elves are like, a you know, NPC. You want like a 100-foot-tall painting mantis. You want a big goblin demon. You want whatever it is to come and give you knowledge. It'll tell you about the wheel. It'll tell you about electricity. You may not get it, but it's going to give you a lot of knowledge. But the coin it wants is blood. And what it wants is children, the energy of children. And no, so no, that's why every right, culture. Right. No, no, he's no, not wrong. Every culture. <laughs> he's talking about interdimensional praying mantises who no, want blood. You're looking at him like a blue pill person. Listen to what he's saying between the lines. I'm all of these, all of these mythologies had certain similarities, and that's what he's talking exactly. about. Exactly. Every culture is there's a god that's going to give me knowledge. It's in the Old Testament. Yes. Moloch, do not sacrifice. Yes, do not give Moloch. your children to farmers. You really want blood. And. So Oh, Moloch, by the way, that's Bohemian Grove where, like, all those rich senators and bankers go still to this day. They worship Moloch, the ancient Babylonian god of child sacrifice. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody got to have a hobby. Yeah, I mean, it is fun. It's like D&D &D in real life for billionaires. So it's like chumming. Like, you can go to the Caribbean. There's places I haven't gone there yet. I'm a scuba diver. But you go pay, like, $1,000. They'll put you in with tiger sharks. But every day for 30 years, they bring rotten fish and feed them. Yeah. They show up like dogs. And so you go to these ley lines, these these temples, where the Aztecs were killing hundreds of people they a were, day. Yes. Yep. And it's I saw all because they were calling in the big stuff. You can take DMT and see elves all day. But you start... Fact check, true. You can take DMT and see elves all day. Is it a fun day, you though? You can take DMT. Meh. Hey. <laughs> Subjective. <laughs> They're calling in the big stuff. You can take DMT and see elves all day. But you start killing kids at a certain point on a routine basis, you're going to call in some big daddy. So, so what do I got to do? Does it matter what, how okay, ugly okay. these kids are? That so the Listen, hold on, hold on. Knock, knock. The, knock, knock. Who's there? Noah. Noah who? Noah's having more fun than us. 
Uh, I just dropped this in the troll room. This is a link to CIA.gov uh, documenting how the CIA theorizes that we live in a simulation and the world is actually projected by our minds and about the collective unconscious. They've got a lot of writing on it and some charts. This was recently declassified. Some graphics about how the mind projects the universe and the universe is a projection created by the mind. Stuff like that. Man, that's like deep, man. It's pretty weird, man. It's the CIA, though, so it could be disinfo. Never know. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Don't so, trust uh, any three-letter agency. <laughs> it's real. Do you really believe this stuff is real? I'm not involved in it. The globalists are obsessed with it, Tim. It's all the black magic books. As you kill a kid, the demons come give you knowledge. It's indisputable that <laughs> it's real. <laughs> so, uh... Just back to Terrence McKenna real quick, just because I thought it would be fun to correlate, like, Alex Jones is saying this, it's crazy, but then, like, you have the godfather of the psychedelic movement saying basically the same thing, but presenting it as, this is cool and fun. If all you've got is awake and asleep, you can't go far with that. But if you've got awake, asleep, and DMT as points, you can build a much more dimensionally rich model of consciousness. I think that it, it's, it has to do with your own intelligence. Uh, truly stupid people aren't interested in psychedelics because they can't figure out what the point of it is. Uh, it feeds off intelligence. It's a consciousness expanding drug. If you don't have any consciousness, it can't expand it. And I've met people who say, yeah, well, all this stuff and big bugs talk to you and say strange stuff. Big bugs talk to you, like the 100-foot-tall prey mantis that Alex was talking about. Funny how that well, one works. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they talk to you? Yeah. Have you ever had bugs talk to you? No. I mean, I mean, when I squish them, they sound pissed, but that's just for a brief moment. <laughs> Have you personally had any experience with interdimensional beings? Well... Because it's all taboo and, and people... Well, let me to... tell you, I have. I 100% Tell have. us about it. Doing DMT. Uh, I've 100% communicated with something. So what is that, man? What's going on? I could tell you about my personal experiences all day, but for legal reasons and the sake of time, I probably won't. But what I am wondering is why is everybody experiencing the same things if it's just a chemical reaction? Darren, I'm going to mail you some DMT so we can do some research on this. <laughs> I'm thinking it's the mind has uh, some similarities, and I think there is some, uh, you know, pre-coding going on, whether people remember they've heard this kind of stuff before or not. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, pre-cog going on where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to see this. I'm supposed to, you know, and I think there's a lot of people that maybe, you know, there's, you know, there's folks that have dropped acid and stuff like that, that their friends are like, hey, this is going to be the best thing ever, man. You're going to see colors. And they drop the acid and, like, almost nothing happens, but they come out like, I, I, want, I, I, don't, I don't want my buddies to be disappointed. I want to tell some good stories. And that's, uh, I think that's a part of it, too. But, I mean, there is mind-altering drugs, and I'm sure that uh, people have reactions, and the mind is only, uh, you know, as much as people want to be like, the mind is such a great, eh, it's, it's still, we're, we're human. We're meat bags, as a comic strip blogger would say, and uh, there are limitations. Skeptic. Always. You have okay, to so, so when I So when I am at Devil's Point, Tennessee, it's a perfect clear night sky, no light pollution, so you can see all the stars vividly. And I'm looking at 
five swirling giant lights in the sky. And then I'm looking around and I, after a while and see all the people that I'm with, like the five other people that are like seeing, just looking up in the sky in amazement. And then one person is like, do you guys see that? And then everybody's like freaking out and looking at it and pointing at the same thing and describing the same thing. But we all saw it before somebody said anything about it. What does that imply as to it not being actually there somehow? And what's even crazier is the those lights in the sky were reflected perfectly on the clear water below. The reflection was in the water. Could just be a, uh, it could be a, you know, again, mind. You can convince people that they're seeing things they're not. But what if they all saw it before anyone vocally said anything? Which is what but how do you know? How do you know they did? How do you know this wasn't you were all under? Well, it the, could be uh, all false of... memories, but we uh, this is how we all remember experiencing it. Could all just be mass hypnosis? It's possible. I mean, I don't think uh, there's any simple answer to all of them, <laughs> but uh, you know, you never know. Okay, last last clip, and then we can talk about something that's a little like a little less woo woo. Bring it back down to earth. If that's cool with you, unless you want sure. to keep talking about DMT elves and bugs, <laughs> I've, I could talk about this all day, man. He's like elves, bugs, all sorts of crazy things. I don't know what's going on. There's people they're shooting. Oh my god, what's up? Ah! Oh, they got me. They got me, man. Hey, man. Leprechauns. Leprechauns. Um, yeah, well, leprechauns are totally real. <laughs> uh, okay, Art Bell. The original Nick the Rat. You remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coast to coast, baby. AM radio. Yeah. You know, it's kind of sounded like you were uh, listening through tinfoil and uh, and a lot of drugs. Well, you were. That's. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have people calling in like, yeah, I found Bigfoot. I got him in a cage in my backyard. I can't send any pictures, though. Yeah, man. Yeah, that would ruin it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Monsters are coming for me. Was that you running? Yeah, that, that, that was <laughs> that was a winged monster flying away, according to the uh, BBC. That's their, uh, their their sound effects. Oh. Oh wait, here this is here's a good one. Cackling hags. <laughs> was that Briny? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it, I think that was Jennifer Briney. Because I didn't know she was cunt. She, she was doing some work for the BBC Sound Effects Lab. Cool. She's multi talented. I have more respect for her now. Briney, I love you. Please come on my show. I take it back. I take it all back. <laughs> yes, Jennifer Briney, please come on Chris's show and <laughs> explain to the rest of us why you're not totally deranged. <laughs> okay. Uh. Yeah, so this is the classic Art Bell caller, and there's a big dispute about how staged this was, if it was staged or not, uh, and that really just goes, is basically depending on how much you trust Art Bell. But this only happened one time, as far as I know, in his whole career in broadcasting. Online, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um... Well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and, and, 
I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh, man, I don't know where to start. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're going to... Um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. Okay, um, um, okay, what, what we're thinking of as, as aliens are, they're, uh, they're, they're extra-dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the, um, space program made contact with. Uh, they, they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of, of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military, I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them. And there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not. They want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable. Discharge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the call cuts off. How full is what scale of one to full of shit? How full of shit? Is that well, uh, Sir Matt Chu says that one was a hoax. The guy called in later in the week, which means uh, either that was debunked or uh, Sir Matt Chu is a three-letter agency guy. Uh, do you yeah. have a link to that, Sir Matthew? Because I've looked for anybody trying to debunk it, I can never really find that. Yeah, Sir what if they were knows. threatening that guy that called in at gunpoint, the feds were, and saying, recant your story like they're doing for the post office guy about the election fraud? Yeah, it's, he's recanted. He took, yeah, he definitely, he recounted it. He recanted his story, said it totally wasn't true, nothing to see here. But then he's like, no, I didn't. Uh-oh. <laughs> Are they, I think it sounds like they're me, coming man. for you. I think they're coming for me, man. Black Sir Matthew! Oh my God, did you send him for me, Sir Matthew? You French Canadian bastard! How dare you! I thought we were friends! For Holy shit, I gotta get out of here, man! I gotta get out of here! Oh, gee, they're landing on the front lawn! Black helicopters! Oh my god! Somebody said lawyers, guns, and money! Oh, wait, I thought that was actually while it was quiet. I was I thought there were actually there was something going on at your house. And I was you like, That's too, way too loud to be real. Theater of the mind, man. Theater, Theater of the of mind. The... That's how Art Bell did it. Theater of the mind. That's how Nick the Rat does it. That's how Void Zero's doing it as the Dutch Nick the Rat. I love that he's keeping the Art Bell Nick the Rat thing going over in the uh, with the Dutch Netherlands uh, with the with the Dutch speaking folks. So uh, I think that's beautiful. Hell yeah! All right, uh, so you so the caller we're unclear on, but I guess you, you're assuming he's he, he's full of shit. Maybe he recanted later. I'll, I'll have to dig in deeper to that one. But then let me know what you think of Art Bell's reaction and how full of shit Art Bell is. It's that Nick the Rat music. Oh yeah, little Donna Summer, something like that. Thank you. 
Is that true, Sir Matthew? In some way, letter agencies? something knocked us off the air, and we're on a backup system now. It's uh, the government, or... I don't know. It has to be something, though. Well, did you hear... Now, you tell me, because you were listening. That was awful strange. There was a really weird guy on the air when it went off? Yeah. Real weird out. Like, uh, going, sort of, sort of sounding paranoid, schizophrenic? Yeah. Like crying and everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 And how far into the conversation was it when when it went off? Just a couple, about 15, 20 seconds, I'd say. Oh, you, you, you guys missed, you really missed the call then, and I've got a feeling somebody didn't want you to hear it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it was really strange, all of a sudden I'm hearing Mark Furman. And when I, when That's I right. Well, the network, the network, of course, went immediately to a backup tape while we tried to figure out what blew up here. Okay, is Art Bell full of shit? Probably. I mean, that's part of the theater. I think so. I mean, I think that the whole show, that was the kind of the concept behind it was that it was a skirting that line of, uh, you know, encouraging much like a hog story does with the having people call in with the crazy characters, crazy stories that uh, that was the whole concept of the Art Bell thing. Although that's also the perfect cover if you're going to be telling the truth on some of this stuff to to do that the uh there's a band that nobody knows who the uh who the members are what's it called the uh um not the replacements everybody knows who the replacements are but uh what's the name of the band they're like an avant-garde troll room will know they're like an avant-garde band they wear like the big eyes you know that looks like the big eyeball so nobody knows who's in the band it's a completely anonymous the residents yes no, I don't know who they are. Uh, beef pranks, thank you. Um, the residents. Now, they're, they're pretty well-known, but they're avant-garde music. Penn from Penn & Teller knows who they are. He's worked with them. He knows who they are. And he said he was out somewhere, and they were, you know, he was walking behind these two guys that were talking to each other, and they were talking about the residents. And the one guy was talking about, you know, again, this whole concept. He was like, I really wish, you know, I knew who these guys were. So Penn's like, you know, I'm just following behind them. They're not paying any attention to him because they're walking in front of him. And he's like, I just very loudly said the five names of the guys in the band. (laughs) And he's like, but nobody paid any attention to what he was saying. So they're just talking about this band. And he's just like, oh, well, that would be, you know, Ryan Bemrose, Mark Von Dyke, just saying those names. And he just thought that was hilarious that this guy was going on and how he really was that his life would be complete if he knew who they who was in that band. And uh, so the guy has the information. He just doesn't know it in his subconscious now. (laughs) And uh, I think that's kind of the Art Bell thing, right? That could be what's going on here, which is we're speaking the truth, but nobody's uh, nobody's paying any attention. And that's the way they want it. I mean, yeah, that's possible. But didn't Art Bell only, that's the only time I ever know of him claiming that his, like, radio station got knocked off the air ever. Well, it's a good shtick. I mean, you can only do that one very time. rarely. Yes. Until, right. uh, until you know that it was a shtick. So, I mean, you have to use these things sparingly. And if you do them correct, then you can get a lot of, uh, you can get a lot of mileage out of them. Yeah. You want uh, people Sir Matthew talking. Sent the, uh, 
time where he this same guy supposedly calls back into Art Bell and recants his story. Um, I'll put that video in the show notes and check it out later. So that'll be in the show notes of the episode. The, all the comments are saying he was threatened to do that. <laughs> of course, because all that's... YouTube uh, comments. Yeah, well, that's what everybody uses now. It's like, well, that's, you know, today, those people in Michigan that said, hey, wait, no, there's something wrong with the vote. We don't want to certify it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, we are certifying it because everybody swore, uh, you know, called them racist. So, I mean, it's it's very easy for people to be uh, kind of strong armed into things. And and I will say thank you, Sir Matthew, for uh, for fact checking here. And uh, well, then that little French Canadian weirdo is the potty mouth. Yeah, that French Canadian (laughs) weirdo is the potty mouth. Well, um, thanks, Darren, for doing this with me. Thanks for allowing me to hijack the stream a little bit this morning. And thanks to everybody else for trolling along. I seen you in there, followed along when I could. And uh, I'll hang out a little bit longer after I close this episode out if you want there, Darren. I mean, it does. And it makes the episodes different when you're trying to follow the uh, troll room at the same time. It is. It's. It's also something that it takes some time to become comfortable with and try to multitask. I mean, especially with crappy vision, it's hard. Uh, Adam Curry is a professional, and as he pointed out, thirty thousand hours. So that's all it takes. Once you're thirty thousand hours into doing this stuff, you're going to be a pro too. Oh man, I don't know what my hour count is. I want to say it was. It was in the triple digits. I know that, but I couldn't tell you. You're getting there faster. I looked the other day for grumpy old Ben's and if you started playing grumpy old Ben's right now and you never slept and you played all the episodes back to back it was like eight and a half days worth of content now so uh it's it's adding up it is adding up I and mean, we're not no agenda I think yet. about a little under half of the half of that because i've done well, you do like eight hour shows sure. yeah, yeah yeah the the eight hour shows but you know these are always fun i mean you it's fun to go into a different direction talk about different things kind of get off the uh, the usual beaten path and there's no doubt about it this show goes off the beaten path so thanks for having me on no problem i wanted to i wanted to uh definitely make you as uncomfortable as possible with the subject matter so hopefully that worked out no i don't really ever get that see that's the other thing you learn with podcasting is never get uncomfortable with uh with anything i mean why you got why uncomfortable would you get uncomfortable? Well, it's not uncomfortable. I just think it's fun to bash her. And that was, and I don't know if I, we'll see if Sir Carl with a K, because I understand we're all a family here on No Agenda. Although Briny doesn't really uh There's no part. way she listens to the show. Yeah. I mean, that would be my thought as well. Although she, you know, she's featured on the stream and I know Dvorak has mentored her a little bit, but when uh, Sir Carl with a K, oh, from Who Are These Podcasts? That's the only thing I can come up with so far when he's like, well, what kind of shows do you normally want to bash? <laughs> the only thing I could think of was Briny, Briny, Briny. <laughs> I could do a whole show bashing Briny, but I don't know if that's a, uh, if that would be up Sir Carl's alley, but uh, maybe we'll get to do that on Who Are These Podcasts, and it, that would be fun, I think. But That um, would be good. Uh, if, that, if anybody's interested in January, I'm still thinking about doing a No Agenda Stream Podcasting Awards. Okay. See, now <laughs> just that to kind is... of just to play clips from each podcast that I think are good to analyze. Well, that, I mean, then you have to give out you know art awards, and you have to have like best character. And so, who's the best character? Is it uh, you know, is it Buford T from Tennessee? Is it Zindu? Is it uh, Ryan Benrose? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I had a different angle that I was thinking, but now that you now we have to have like three different uh, 
segments with categories in each segment with different yeah. criteria in each category. Yeah, uh, some I don't voting. know if we should take a vote or just base it on whoever is on the episode that day. It's uh, There's <laughs> things, questions no, that I need to answer. We have no agenda social, so I think there could be nominating and then there can be voting. So, I mean, the work would come in and figure out. So it's like a out. People's Choice Awards rather yeah. than an Oscars. Yes, exactly. Because really, okay. we've learned from one thing from No Agenda, and that is all award shows are shit. So if we know that going in, that this is really going to be shit, we may as well at least make it fun shit that everybody can take part in and have fun with. Right, like a parody of an award show. Yes. Yeah, I want you then in a, uh, like a tuxedo T-shirt and like... Uh, you know, those bicycle shorts that Fletcher was supposed to, uh, you know, the like the ones that Illuminati, I think, sent him. Were like I will the never orange. be doing any podcasts on video other than that no agenda stream <laughs> I did with Paul the Book Guy. Oh, come on. You were on the uh, the election night special. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's. Uh, well, it really wasn't no agenda because, I mean, he was trying to hijack no agenda. And uh, it was the no agenda meetup is what it was. Yes. Yes. I, mean, I misspoke. Darren O'Neill's podcast can be found at randomthoughts.com. D U M B, random. Grumpyoldbins.com. He hosts with Ryan Bemrose. And of course, both Thursdays of the week, you can tune into the rock and roll pre show before the best podcast in the universe. Thanks again, Darren. This was fun. It was a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to the next episode of Maps with Matt. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play. I'll hang out on the stream a little bit after this. But I'm gonna close the episode out with this clip. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. It's a classic. You can meet the alien. You can meet the alien tomorrow night if your connections are good enough. And you can meet the alien over and over and over again. You said this was what you wanted. Baby, it's on its way. It's being served. You take this shit and literally you are transported into another fucking dimension. I don't mean like you feel like you're in another dimension. I mean like you're in another dimension. <laughs> Crazier than you could possibly imagine or describe. If you take DMT, you will communicate with something. And it's, it's, it's so beyond description that me talking about it is like trying to explain a kaleidoscope to a blind man but something communicates with you when you when you do this stuff Zabri's so taking you into the room in his house for the, the, the launching into space. No. The psychedelic journey room. No. I, I, Are you I, ready for that? I'm ready for that. DMT is mushrooms times a million plus aliens. Huh. <laughs> I found my experiences on, on pure DMT, both of them, utterly terrifying. I had been put into a space where something was going to be done to me. Uh, and I think I found, I, and I wanted out, and at the same time, I couldn't get out. I was thrashing around. I, I wanted out of there, but I couldn't go. Um, whatever these entities were, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they had a negative agenda for me. I don't know what it was. but. It was out of my hands. I didn't feel that they were very loving or caring of me. It was, it was like, um, we are just going to do this to you, okay? And you're going to accept it, whether you like it or not. The entities you see on DMT, are they real or not? 
tall order, very difficult to really unpack that. For one thing, what do you mean by real? I could make the case that DMT is extraterrestrial. And, but is that a, but it's even a, an interesting case, like whether or not it's from another planet? Whatever it is, it's, it doesn't seem like it's here. The experience doesn't. People that don't even believe in God, people that don't even are total atheists, they take DMT, which I don't take hard drugs. I haven't taken, don't take illegal drugs. But they take it and they go, oh my God, I believe in God now. You know, I was on a spaceship for a hundred years with demons torturing people. Smarter you are, the more hellish it is, people I've talked to. Uh, I mean, if you're really smart and tuned in, you see it and it's like, oh my God. And, and it's just it's just unbelievable hell that's going on because you're tuned into their level. And if you're kind of stupid and trendy, it's like all wonderful and happy and they want to be your friend. And I've talked to people that have taken it. In fact, somebody, somebody very close that I wish would go on air and talk about it. And it was like an eternity on a prison space station with demons doing brain surgeries, torturing people. And let me tell you, the person said it was real. And I talked to other people and they go, yeah, that's, that's what you see. I had been put into a space I wanted out, and at the same time, I couldn't get out. I was thrashing around. I, I wanted out of there, but I couldn't go. People think of an alien invasion as in the third dimension from space. There's dimensions below and above us. The mathematics show it. And whether it's real or not, you have these spirit guides, like Mescalito and all this, little goat man. You know, you're taking DMT and a little goat man shows up. He's not your buddy, okay? And he's got a plan though. You're gonna be a god as long as you kill everybody. I go through the tunnel. Going through a tunnel, going through a tunnel. And I see a hand and it like stops me. And I see the, the fingers mutating. It, it, it turns into like three fingers and then it starts backing out. And then it's the Bahamut. Like the fucking the Satan figure with the goat and shit. Like the one who's like, I don't know how to really describe it. He's like doing that thing. up in the middle of the night and um, from a dream and in this dream I look over and to my left side I see this demon head and this gnarly looking demon head Nosferatu looking thing and he was just looking away and in my dream he looks at me stares at me dead in the eye and goes I'm gonna kill you on September 23rd oh shit like super fucking specific right I go to the calendar of events the itinerary and that night is the night we're drinking ayahuasca for the first time, because we're doing Wachuma afterwards. So September 23rd was the night we're doing ayahuasca. Joe takes DMT and talks about seeing space aliens and other dimensions. I don't take DMT. It's fine that you do, I'm a libertarian. Because if you're a good person and you take the DMT and go to the fifth dimension, sixth dimension, if you believe in that stuff, they act real friendly, but Mescalito gets mean later. He's a goat, by the way. It's Baphomet, so you can meet. It happens to basically everybody. 
And then right to my left, I see this gnarly looking golem, Lord of the Rings looking fucking my precious Nosferatu demon guy. I see this demon and it looks at me and then it jumps, jumps towards me and it starts biting my neck. This gnarly looking demon is biting my, Are you my feeling neck. Pain? My vision. No, you know, in that vision, it's eating through my neck and I see what its aim is. And it's aiming to eat through my neck and eat that thing in my heart, the white light in my heart that I've been meditating about. Like that's what it wants. And here's the thing, the ancients would always start using this stuff and it would be love, it would be science, it would open them up. But always a hundred years later, there'd be a black pyramid and they'd be chopping people's hearts out or they'd be burning kids on to, to bail. They'd be burning kids where they'd have a big steel oven with the hands of the God. You take your baby up with a 500 degree thing and watch it fry. You'd fry a baby on a basically outdoor barbecue pit and then eat it. Watch the priest pull a leg off your baby and just ah. So it goes through, eats through my neck, through my chest, and it grabs a hold of that piece of white light in my heart, snatches it. Like I felt like I went dead, completely dead, and fear just shot through my entire body. And I was like, oh fuck, I just gave this demon my consciousness. I just gave this demon my soul and I let him have it. And it was a pure exercise of priest taking hallucinogens, then interfacing with entities that said, I will direct you. Every culture, Asians, Africans, Mesoamericans, every culture, starts taking hallucinogens and then starts worshiping entities that demand blood. The Bible says don't be part of pharmakia because it gives you the evil spirits. Okay, I didn't used to believe that growing up. And then I learned the CIA is taking this to get interdimensional communications. Spiritual life forms entering them and then directing them. Whether you believe any of this or not, do you understand that's who runs things? Do not join with the devil. Do not join with Satan and all his pumps. Just heaven help us, it's so hardcore, people that won't even believe it. They believe they are in contact with these entities and are being directed by them. That's why they're so evil. And the entities are telling them eternal life, total power, total control, everything you could ever want. Just kill everyone. Set up a world government. Build this design we're telling you. Build what we're telling you. Build this. Build this. Let us through. Let us in. We're going to really help you. We're friendly little guys. Demons? Aliens? Don't exist? I don't know. I only cover what I can prove. Oh, my God screwed. We are in so much trouble, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a bunch of lunatic elites thinking they're talking to little gray men who are telling them how to get eternal life. Does that sound like a good idea to you? Whatever it is, they believe it. I mean, this is what the government's into, folks. They're taking the DMT. They've got the black op commanders gobbling high-powered hallucinogens in. See, I don't even get into all this stuff. It, it, we're in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. We're in trouble. The clockwork elves, all of it, I shouldn't even get into it. You're gonna live in a tank and be tied into this virtual world. You'll be able to wire your head in and just get unlimited pleasure. It'll feel like 10 times the best orgasm for three days if you want straight. They're taking the DMT.
Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. The D the D the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. The D the D the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. The D the D the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. The D the D the DMT. There's the owners of True Frequency Radio. Uh, they believe they're communicating with entities they call clockwork elves. I'm not going to get into what they're interfacing with. They believe they're in contact with off-world groups. Chris Geo, uh, True Frequency Radio. He takes it. You see the elves, little green hats. We're in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. We're in trouble. The clockwork elves, all of it, I shouldn't even get into it. There's a reason they're all whacked out of their minds. They're taking DMT. And the point is, is that their whole science is, is, is way ahead. We don't even know what they've got. They're in power because they're taking the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. Chris Geo took for the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. Chris Geo took for the DMT. You think they're all a bunch of old men? They're in power because they were into this stuff 70 years ago. The DMT. They were jacking DMT 70 years ago. They were injecting it. They're taking the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. Chris Geo took for the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. True Frequency Radio took for the DMT. I shouldn't even get into it. A B S N A six the number P A C K dot com.